Good morning, good morning. Welcome to another show. What's going on, man? You're on mute, man. You're on mute, man. On mute, yes, indeed. There yes, you go. There you go. Bro, hey, we got a heavy topic today. Boy, it's a, heavy, it's a heavy and a real one, man. I didn't know. I didn't know we was out here that bad, man. Bro, you know, you know what, what, what's so important is shout out to Kiki in the building. Uh, I think this is going to be critical because especially my women who have young boys, right? Yeah. Um, this segment is going to be critically important for them to take heed of because I feel like, oh, if you don't take note of some of the data that's taking place and some of the things that are taking place today, your boys could easily be led, as, led astray. Yep. Easy. They could easily get caught in the madness, man. It's definitely Easily madness, be caught man. in the madness. And, and, and there's some things going on that are very, very scary. I'm going to keep it real with you, oh. And it's really what's starting to be normal to us is not good. That's a fact. And it's, it's crazy. It's becoming our new norm. That's and the a new fact. norm. The new norm ain't it. We need the to go back to the old, it. you know, the seventies, eighties type of situation. Even nineties, early two thousand, the two thousand twenty situation, ain't no good situation. Ain't no good situation. And this is based on the data, not not opinion. Oh, yeah. Listen, my name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas, primarily focused on the wholesale space, do a little bit of creative finance, fix and flip, new construction, new to the build to rent space. Excited about that. Proud member of the Accelerator program where we help investors move further, faster. And, uh, you know, listen, I think we have some powerful information to share today, some some sobering information to share today. And uh, yeah, we're going to get straight to it. Oh, it's on you, man. Good morning. Good morning. O'Neill Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur. Um, a real estate investor, entrepreneur, do all things real estate, love uh, rentals, financial freedom, passive income. Um, the owner of Leverage to Well, teaching people what, how to leverage where they are currently to get. Uh, damn, I can't talk today. <laughs> get right. Hey man, that's me. Let's just get it started, man. I'm, I'm thinking about all these, all these statistics, man. I can't even talk, man. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, why did we have this title today? Right? It wasn't just to be inflammatory or to uh, be be toxic. This is some very A real problem. You're gonna hear some things today that you probably never heard of before. You probably never thought was a reality, and it's going to blow your mind when you hear the information that will be shared. So, number one, the background of why this topic is so important. Number one, the workforce, oh, it's changing. The workforce is changing. Incarceration, is the, the, the way that, that that shows up is changing. Educational achievement and gaps are shifting right before our very eyes. The shift in power dynamics in the home are changing permanently right now as we speak. Traditions are changing 
right now as we speak, right? Social media, financial stress. All of these things are changing the way that men are showing up, the way women are showing up, the way we interface with society today. Uh, a lot of things are shifting, right? So I'm, I'm going to start here. I'm going to start here. So number one, we're going to start with the economy. The economy has shifted, folks. The economy has shifted. Physical skills are less in demand in 2024 as they were in 1960s. Okay. We got to take note of this, which has created more opportunity for women in many of the higher paying sectors in the economy. This is a fact. The economy is favoring softer skills in terms of higher paid opportunities in the marketplace. Also, also, so, so we actually pull some of this information from a book. Uh, it's called by Richard Weaves. It's Reeves. It's, it's of boys and men. So if you ever want to check that out, it says why, Mar why the modern male is struggling, why it matters, and what to do about it, right? So he gives a lot of information on this particular topic. So it says that tired, so, so basically the premise of it, it says tired of boys and men. Right. It says uh, it says the book explores the economic, social and cultural shifts that has forced men to the sidelines of the economy, including the loss of jobs in the in, in male dominated fields such as manufacturing. OK. And the influx of women into the workforce, diminishing the need for men to serve as providers up for their families. So I want to I want to ask the folk in the room real quick, right? Number 1, how many folk have actually heard about some of the things that I just shared about how the economy is shifting? If you knew that, if you knew that the economy was shifting in favor of women today and against men, if you knew that to be true, put a number one in the chat. If you did not know that, put a number two in the chat. If you if this is the first time you've ever heard, if this is the first time you've ever heard this information, put a number two in the chat. If you've heard this information before, put a number one in the chat. Okay. Okay. So, okay, so we got a lot of tools, a lot of tools. First time you've heard. So the economy is actually shifting in the favor of softer skills, not necessarily male skills per se or female skills. It's just that the skill sets that women typically are can excel at easily. It is shifting in their favor. Right. And we're going to dive deep into why this is so critically important and almost scary, right? Uh, when we talk about the edu educational gaps, when we talk about what the, the household power dynamics are looking like and all of those things. So, oh, what's your thoughts 
on this particular topic real quick, because this is a lot of new information that I, 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 I you know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've probably knew some of these things just in, in hearing it, but I've never been able to read the data and really deep dive into this data for myself to really see it. So I think what, what you, I think what you're saying is true, but on top of that, we got a bill and add that. Yeah, the world is going towards softer skills, but it's also going towards trade skills. Yes. Like we see a lot of buildings going up. Yes. Uh, you know, we see a lot of hospitals being built, sk- schools being rebuilt. And guess what? All the workers that's in there we don't really see our people in there. We see Mexican Latinos. So we're not interested in getting trades. We're not interested in being plumbers, electricians, AC men concrete workers, you know what I'm saying? So all the high paying jobs that's available that that the culture needs right now, or just United States need right now, we're not interested in that. We don't want to go to school and do that. We don't want to be outside in the sun doing that. We trying to be just like the women, being in an inside job in a cubicle on a, on a keyboard. So they have plenty of jobs out there available, plenty, plenty, plenty of trades available, we just not interested in that. And so that's when it goes back to why we're uh, failing financially because the jobs that they have that's paying a lot, we, we don't want them. Maybe because it's, it's too hard to work or I don't know. Tell me this though, is that even promoted? I know they've taken a lot of the trades out of the schools too. Oh, that They don't even talk about trades no more. You have to go and seek, specifically seek out trades these days. Right, that is true. Yeah, a lot of schools took out like a what was that wood shop, home economics, things like that. But at the end of the day, you see buildings going up. Yeah, you, and you know, and you know, like at the end of the day, the skills that you have is not going to equal up to the income. Like the skills that you you can't be a server your whole life and expect to go up to the next level, unless you go into the highest position of service. You go into the top tier service position. You can't be a chili and expect serving expecting to live and provide for people either. So just like they have social media, they have Google, you Googling things that you want, why don't you Google things that you need? It's out there, we got plenty of information, man. So we really can't use that as an excuse that it's not offered. Just like we look up Christmas gifts, we look up things on Amazon, eBay, hey man, it's time to start looking up something else. So what's this right here we have up? It says the share of men in the workforce has seen a steady decline since 1960s. Um, And wow. uh, And it just shows the line of the labor force participants for men. Ages 25 to 54 from January 1962 to October 2022. That's what this is. And this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, And it just really highlights the decline in male activity in, in, in the marketplace, right? Now, these are very sobering statistics. Very sobering statistics. And um, if anybody is interested in joining the conversation today, I I definitely want to hear from the ladies who have 
you know, they're they're potentially raising men um, because we need to really have this discussion. What does this look like? Right. And when we when we deep dive into the, st the stats on today's discussion, I'm telling you, it's going to be absolutely it's going to be mind absolutely blowing. mind blowing when you hear about because a lot of this stuff, I promise you, you've never, ever heard before, ever. You never knew. And also, I would even I would even argue, oh, that men to a certain degree are in a state of crisis. At the at the worst, and at least we're definitely in a state of recalibration. We're in a we're in a severe state of recalibration as to how we are defining manhood in 2024 and beyond. Uh, manhood and masculinity is definitely something that is shifting. That what defines manhood in 2024, in my opinion, will never be what it was in 2020 and 2000 uh, in 2005, two th in 2000, 1990, it will never ever be the same in my opinion. Why do you think that? Well, let's look at based on the stat. <laughs> this is not well, my opinion. It, it just, just my opinion is based off of the stats. And I don't see any of these trends shifting. Do you see well, any of these trends shifting? No, but I know we was talking before the show is a lot of things that have changed from back then to today. So today we're in a technology space, we're in the internet space. So that's messing up a lot of our boys too. So you got to realize back then they didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Tinder. They didn't have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, all that different things. So now we just scroll on our phones all day instead of playing outside. Mm. Now we, you know, now we watch Netflix instead of going uh, play basketball. Like, as you, I don't know if you notice this, but I notice this. As we keep moving forward, we see less and less kids outside. Mm. Have you noticed that? Yeah. So when everybody inside, what does that do? Uh, their communication starts to struggle because now they have, they're not communicating with people outside. Uh, not kids don't like to be around other kids or they just get a little nervous being in, in, in a lot of people. What is it called? Social, social anxiety, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, we don't know how to talk. We don't know how to communicate with, with other people. We get nervous around other people. So that's, that's suffering. The growth of a man, a man, uh, a man trying to get some income, a man going to school. It's just a lot of things with that. So I don't think we ever going to see it going the opposite way because it's too much. It's too many things going on now. And we got to think about that. Those things changing. Nah. Hell no, nah. it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. So listen, I, I, I really, I really think that this today's show for the ladies that have, that are raising men. I think this show is for you. And I hope you take this information um, and that we discussed today because we have a lot more stuff to cover. And uh, oh, the beginning. yeah, this is only the beginning. 
Uh, I hope that you're able to take this information and not just have a little bit more empathy for the men that you're raising, but also also um, put some things in place, right, to start, you know, making sure that those men are able to thrive uh, uh, better in society. Um, we, we, you know, it, I, listen, I'm just leaving it at that. But, oh, I know you got some more stats you want to uh, uh, bring up. Yeah, so we can't bring them up, but we got to think about it now. In 2024, now let's put a poll up. Who is the breadwinner? Is it the man or the female? Let's let's put that up real quick, if you don't mind, Ruby. Who are the breadwinners in 2024? Is it the female or the male? All right. So let's go to let's talk about some things real quick, man. About 16% of wives are breadwinners in their families. Why another 29% roughly earn about the same amount of income or close. So that's 45% of women that earn some or close to a male spouse, almost triple than what it was in 1972. That's a wild situation, bro. Bruh. So we got to figure out what's going on, man. Like, Triple from 1972. We got to think about it. That's not even that long ago, man. <laughs> yeah. 50 years ago. Yeah. So bro. within those 50 years, a lot of things have changed. Like, like I was saying earlier, less men are interested in, in working, like really working, like being outside and working. Um, less men are educated. So out of every, uh, let's just say every every hundred women that graduate. Only seven, 74 men. And there's nothing wrong with going to school and not going to school, but you got to do something to progress yourself in education, some type of education to make some more money. We're not interested in that. Let's pull it up. Let's pull it up. That's all things we got to look at. No, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like we, we settle for a, a basic job. Get comfortable with the job. Uh, a lot of men these days are still living at home. A lot of men these days don't go out and date because they have no money. So now they're insecure because they so they don't have no money. They struggle to talk to women. They don't go nowhere because they they're in the house playing the game. They don't have no money, so they don't have their, they don't have their own house. So bro, that's a struggle here for the fellas, man. I want to know what that poll said. Let's see. You can let's see. You can make it a little bit uh, bigger, Ruby, if you don't mind. If it's possible. Let's see. All right, I can read it now. Uh, so the poll says, "Wife, sole primary breadwinner." In 1972, it was five percent. In 2022, it was 16%. All right. Uh, boy, how you say that word? You, you know how to say that word, by <laughs> which word? English egalitarian. What was what, what, that? Egalitarian. Okay, egalitarian marriages. See, see, I'm struggling to read. I, I might need to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> go back. Go I back can up. barely read it though. It's small though. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, to it's you. super small. So, in 1972 is 11 percent. In 2022 is 29 percent. Husband sold or primary breadwinners. Go back up a little bit more. <laughs> 
All right. Husbands sold a primary breadwinner in 1972, and it was non-existent, bro. Oh, 85%. 85% in 1972. In 2022, it's, go, it's decreased all the way down to 55%. Well, that is crazy. That's, that's, that's some crazy stats right there. Very. Very. You know, and, and so when we look at this, when we look at this and, 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 and when it when it goes further, because I'm looking at some of this data from the breadwinner uh, standpoint, it said, in fact, 54 uh, percent of women were found to be the primary breadwinners in their families in 2020. Added to that, among the six figure earners, one out of every three are female breadwinners, one out of every three. Um, and then it goes on to say that millennial women are poised to become the emerging face of breadwinners, the female breadwinner. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows because the representation gap might be narrowing. But as one gap starts to close, another one appears because quietly lurking in the corners is a simmering resentment frequently experienced when women earn their male partners. Unfortunately, for some men, income, ranking, and wealth status in relationships still matter, and the bias is not in our favor. So mm -hmm. this is critical. This is critical. Um, I want to know, I want to know, oh, what does... What does this information mean to somebody like Keisha? Don, shout out to Don in the building as well. Definitely want to get y'all take on this. I know that Keisha's raising some some young men. Um, and what what what's your, what what do you what are your thoughts on this, Keisha? Uh, on this information that we're sharing today. If you're able she to gotta talk, look, she got to look at it two ways, man. The dating world, she got less men to pick out of. Yeah. And to raise her sons, man. She, yeah. Are we, we, is, yeah, Don, what, what's your thoughts on this? I think we lost Keisha. Listen, man, um, I'm uh, I'm hearing you. Uh I'm 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 stuck on the fact that uh, you know with, with the trades, you know, people are not going into the trades. I was unaware of the statistics that you you know that you're posting about um women you know being the primary breadwinner um at, at first i was thinking is this something against men or is this something that's pro-women uh, are women getting more involved and getting out of the house and getting into the workforce or is it because uh they're doing it not because they want to because it's a necessity I'm I'm, try, I'm still trying to figure that out whether mm. whether it's against men or is it for women. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's either. If I'm gonna be honest, I I think women because of the education they they're just gaining they're they're, they're growing in the education space, right? Uh, a lot of men are not motivated. You know, we're we're seeing that men are not motivated to going to get to gain more education, gain new skills. Uh, and we're also witnessing from a trades perspective, men are just not choosing to go into that space 
for whatever reason. Therefore, a lot of these plumbers are getting paid hand over foot. A lot of these tradesmen are getting paid hand over foot because it's lit you're literally dealing with guys on average at the age of probably 40 and on up that are even in these spaces. So, you, you know, these guys are making ridiculous money and it's, it's, it's almost like they don't have any replacement. You don't see young guys in these trades. When you go and look for a plumber, What's the average age of the average plumber that you that you meeting today, oh? Hey, bro, I was talking to a plumber yesterday, man. Yeah, 62, <laughs> bro. 62. <laughs> 62. And, and let's let's keep it real, man. Even if you googling plumbers, bro, they ain't answering the phone. They ain't pulling up. Why? Because they're too busy. They it's like they don't have that many plumbers. All electricians like this, they hard to find. Cause they don't have enough of them and guess what their price is crazy because at the end of the day what you gonna do you need them <laughs> like for me I, I got a house right now they changed the code so many times i was supposed to spend like you know a thousand or six all my stuff i gotta spend about three thousand though wow three thousand on some basic stuff and so the more the more they change the codes with the city the more we need these people Cause it's not easy like it used to be. Cause now they're big on safety. You can't just oh look at a look at a, a box and turn it on. Now they want you to. If a house has no electricity for six months and left yet, you gotta update the box, everything. Wow. So now they're about to be extra busy. <laughs> and charge way more money. <laughs> wow. Cause they can. Like it used to be, it used to be eight hundred dollars to upgrade your box. Now it's on average about two thousand. Wow! I'm talking about this is a two year difference. And this, how many, how many, how how many days does it take to do this job? Uh, half a day. Half a day, <laughs> two to three thousand dollars. Half a day. My God. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so, hey, man, let's let's plumbers, electricians. The more we're gonna pay as real estate investors, it is what it is. It is what it is. Keisha, what's your thoughts on this information? Are you able to unmute? I had a call come in right when you guys were talking to me, so my bad. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> hey, we we want to know what it means as as a woman dating and also as a mother. <laughs> and also as a mother of boys. I'll speak for the mother of boys because we I'm not, I'm not dating. You're always asking me about dating. Yeah, oh, no, I, I want to know. <laughs> me too. I want to know too. I got questions. But anyway, at... Uh, <laughs> As a mom, I don't know. I you were talking about boys not being outside and not being able to socialize and all this kind of thing. I've had my boys in sports since they were two and four. That's all they know. And when they don't have nothing else to do, they are rounding up the boys and going to the field and playing more soccer. I have two athletes. So it's a little different for me. They're always outside. Any chance they get, they can't stand being inside. And they play their fair share of, of, of video games as well. But um I think I may have mentioned it before. I have a son that's going to be 18 next month. I have a 16-year-old as well. And um, my 17-year-old, he has been making money for the last two years. And he started without me even knowing. Actually, I got a shout out to Mitt, my wholesaling uh, teacher. One day, um, one summer, he had a mentorship program. And he challenged the, the children to take some money, some seed money. I think he gave him like $500 and, and flip it. 
And if they made more than $500, they got to keep it. And if they made less than that, they had to give it back. Well, my son made almost $1,000 in two weeks. And that, I think, changed his whole perspective on everything. He's always wanted to uh, be a professional athlete. But at that point, he was just like, I can make money if I just think of an idea and 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 go for it or whatever. You know, I helped him a little bit kind of like think it through. But this man has a thousand dollars in his account that he made and he's not even <laughs> able to work yet. But he has a very entrepreneurial spirit. And um, that independence has kind of given him a motivation to go out and work. So he's social. He's, you know, he's um, enterprising. He's athletic. So I don't have that issue. That stat doesn't necessarily apply to me. Um, my other son, he, uh, oh, so when he goes to college, he, you know, I told him his, he has a business acumen. I think he'll be suitable for, for that, just learning about money. My other one, he wants to be a journalist. Um, and that's primarily so he can stay active and, and um, you know, go travel and, and all that kind of thing. So it's a little different in my house. Now, they're not trades per se. Um, but I don't have to force them to want to be more than somebody that they, you know, admire or look up to on the internet. And, um, I think keeping them in a social setting from when they were young has, has kind of helped them, uh, see the world, experience different things and want something better for themselves without me, um, having to necessarily use my struggle as a single mom to do that. I mean, it is part of their motivation. Uh, they don't like, you know, before there was a time where I wasn't able to do anything for them or it would always be like, well, I don't have it right now. I don't have it right now. And my son got tired of hearing about that. So he went and found a way to get it himself. And I, and I, I mean, he's, he does more than his dad. His dad doesn't work and they're working. So that part of the stat did apply to me. I was the primary breadwinner when his dad was in the house. But um, I think that has all been able to be a positive reinforcement for my son to not be that guy. So that's what I have to say about that. But I mean, I think he has a love for cars and I'm sure if he wanted to find a trade, he could, but he likes his freedom and he likes to be able to just kind of, um, you know, move around SEC fit. Now, maybe if he knew a little bit more about how trades, how much money tradesmen made, he might change his tune. But I'm not mad right now, and 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 I need him to kind of discover the world uh, on his own, and not have me as his mom tell him what to do or model him into somebody that I wish he was. I think he's got great potential to be great on his own, and so I'm just here to support that for both of my kids. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So well, you were hopefully. the breadwinner, is what you were saying. I am. Heart. I have always been the breadwinner. Always. While well, I was working three jobs at one point, I have always, wow. I, I can't sit still. I am a type of person and, you know, my West Indian blood, you know, they say Jamaicans always work 10 jobs. <laughs> Even now, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to run a business. I'm still learning about investing and I work a job. Um, it, I feel uncomfortable that I have one job, but I'm trying to get my mind out of that. Uh, you know, when I worked three jobs, I wasn't any richer. So I'm just working smarter right now and uh, leveraging my credit. And also, you know, that's kind of been a benefit to my boys as well, because they're both authorized users and I have great credit. So they'll be they'll be good to go um, as long as I give them the tools 
And um, sometimes when they listen, they overhear you guys talking. They're just like, what are they talking about? Like, that's not my reality. <laughs> so Love uh, it. I'm happy about that. Well, I, I think your, your situation also and unique too, because uh, we got to keep it real. A lot of a lot of kids ain't even playing sports these days. That's true. Just sports you know? alone is probably. I mean that that's that big man ahead. I don't live in a ghetto. I don't live in a bad neighborhood. Um, and I know that sports has saved my son's life because the way his mind works and how active he is. If he didn't have that, I I shudder to think what what he would be doing. You know, I know when he, he doesn't come home every day from school, but I know exactly where he is. And I know he's usually doing his homework or he's at the field. And if he didn't have that, I mean, he could have been in a lot of trouble just because of the way his mind is set up. So, yeah, I think that played a huge role being um, having my kids be physically active. I, I think as parents, I think we should start putting our kids more into sports because when kids are in sports, that it builds confidence. It builds uh, self-awareness. It builds uh team like they become leaders uh they start to uh have trust in other people other men like if you think about it a lot of athletes are more successful than most men like a lot of people that are successful as men was probably an athlete in college or high, i mean high school or, or middle school at some yeah, point in their life they see that they see that as well. Um, my friends from high school, we were all, you know, I met the most of my friends in my social circle when I was playing sports after school. And my main reason for playing sports after school was because I didn't want to go home. So a lot of us wanted to hang out and a lot of us started running track, playing basketball, playing football. And, you know, that was years ago. And those same friends are some of them are physical trainers and I have my kids in their program. So they're able to get that kind of old school perspective on what it is to be a man. I remember, you know, I got assigned the whole soccer team up for some extra work in our off season. I got about 12 boys in the gym, something they haven't quite experienced to that level. We got real athletes in there. We got D one athletes. We got professional high school. We got everybody, but um, the conversations I'm hearing, warm my heart. I think one gentleman came in there with his pajama pants. You know how these kids wear their pajama pants every damn where I don't know why. And the coach, yeah. my friend Myron, is like, are, are those pajama pants? He's like, yeah, you know, he's like, well, did you just get out of bed? He said, no, I just didn't feel like putting this on. And he's like, brother, there could have been anybody in here. Could have been a coach. Could have been somebody recruiting. And this is how you show up. And these are, it's beyond just physical training. It's mentorship. It's being able to be a voice in that village we always talk about. That's one of the other things that have helped my son, because even when their dad wasn't around, I was still able to rely on my village of do good men who are active and, and show up in the world to, to help guide them. And so yep. this is what they know. And I think that, you know, I'd pay any amount of money because it's not cheap, but I'd pay any amount of money to do it again. So so I guess when kids are playing sports, it teaches them to listen and follow direction. That's another thing with men. A lot of men don't know how to listen or follow direction from somebody else. They think they got it all figured out. And when kids play sports, it also helps them with consistency and accountability, which a lot of men struggle with. A lot of people, or people in general, struggle with consistency and accountability. Because, uh, of course, when you play sports, your coach going to hold you accountable. Your teammates going to hold you accountable because if you don't do your job, you're going to lose. That's the same thing when it comes to business and life in a job and same with consistency you got to go to practice you do the same thing over and over at practice it don't matter how many days you practice <laughs> you're gonna do the same thing over and over 
And that's the consistency you need when you have a job or a business. You got to do the same thing every day to get the results that you're expecting to get. And that's why I see a lot of athletes be more successful when it comes to life and business. So I, I, um, I was going to add, I was going to add real quick. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm moving and I'm trying to get ready to go to work. But um, one of the things I remember my son was, was, you know, he was going through it, just feeling some type of way about his dad and all this other stuff. And he was, his grades were starting to slip and I didn't know what to do. My mom was always like, well, I wouldn't let him go play the soccer. I, you know, da, 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 da. But the thing was that that structure was in the sport. And I remember talking to his coach and his coach said, don't take the phone from him. Make him bring the phone because I'm going to check on his grades before we start practice. And if I don't like what I see, he ain't playing. And Ooh. let me tell you, that boy had a 4.0. He was on the honor roll for those two years. And it was out. And I, I told him the same thing, but it was just the message came from somebody that he could identify with that was doing something that he wanted to do and looked like they understood, you know, they understood him. But that boy was on the honor roll for those two years. And I attribute a lot of that to that coach keeping him accountable for what he was doing. Like, you can't do what you want and not do what you have to do before you get here. You have to put in some work. You have to stay consistent and be accountable to yourself and the team. Yes, indeed. So mothers, you know, if you can, put your boys and your daughters in something because it also helps them with discipline as well. You know, uh, when you're playing sports or just anything, you don't want to let your teammates down. You don't want to let your coach down. You don't want to let yourself down. Most times, coaches will call you out in front of everybody, and nobody wants to be embarrassed in front of nobody. So I definitely think sports help with that. What, what's your thoughts about that, Byron? Yeah, I, I, I we think We didn't even think about that. We was checking our notes, bro, but that's a major key. Yeah, that's a major one. Because that accountability piece, bro, that you learn in sports, the, the real-world aspect of just knowing that, look, you can't hide that accountability in sports. You either did it or you didn't, period. And I and I love that, you know. But I want I want to I want to pivot. We got done. We got we got wood in the building. Uh, I want to know what what's your take on some of this information, Don? Listen, uh, I'm wondering if <clears throat> some of your stats may be incomplete, and I want to ask you if you're seeing what I'm seeing. All right. Okay. I, I want to show you some. I want to show you some pictures here, and um, we recently had a. Um, uh, we recently had our roof done. Okay. And this is, this is the before. All right. And do you see uh, now, now, now they're working on the roof. Now one word of English was being spoken in my yard that day. Facts. Not hmm. one word of English. It was all Spanish. And I'm wondering, yeah. since you're in Texas, are you seeing the same thing? That's why I'm saying maybe that may be incomplete because they may not be including these men. Oh, no, I, I don't think they are. <laughs> that are doing the framing, that are doing the yeah. drywalling, that are doing the roofing. All right. Um, and so, listen, they got this thing done in two days. And here's what, I, here's what I'm noticing with other roofs being done in my neighborhood. There, there are no weekends for them and there are no holidays. They're getting they're, to it. Get into it. The work is getting done. It's done in two days, and it's done right the first time. And this is this is the completed roof. Two days cleaned up, like they weren't even there. Okay. Wow. And so this is what we're. This, I'm, that's what I'm wondering if the statute may be incomplete and not including 
what what is a the underground economy mm. i don't think it's including that because i we said this on a different show other cultures are doing this work don americans yes. ain't doing this yeah <laughs> We gotta keep it real. Americans ain't doing this. We don't see Americans on no 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 big buildings getting built. We don't see Americans in no hospitals. We don't see Americans in no malls getting built. Amazon's getting built everywhere. You could probably count on two hands how many Americans you see. See, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Um, so if if when you have an opportunity to go talk to a school, please bring with you some of those people who may be in the trades that are of color along with you and talk about how much they make and not just as an employee, but you can be in the trades and be an employer. Because I, some of the people that you're going to be dealing with, um, um, Byron and O'Neill, when you're, you know, you're doing your, your, your new construction and stuff, you may be dealing with somebody who speaks English as the contractor, but the people actually doing the work, yeah, they're not speaking English. Mm -mm. Not at That's all. 99%, you know, by the yeah. way. That's a 99.8. 99.7, right. 99. yeah. somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. So we can, be, we can be in the trades and the business owner the, and and uh, so we need to focus on that and see how we can we can make sure that our young men get to see people in positions of of ownership and still be in the trades. Mm. Don, I ain't gonna lie to you. You're starting to switch like that too. Like the other cultures are starting to pick up on how they can get these actual licenses and how they become the actual owner too. Like, I ain't gonna lie, I'm starting to see like a lot of uh, Mexican Latinos, they the big dogs. They ain't working for nobody else no more. They, they starting to get the licenses, the degrees, or whatever they need so they can become that guy. Can, can, I, can I point something else out? So, you know, being able to, to, to see a trend is important if you're in business. So, as, um, as these new minorities, are getting, uh, you know, are, are um, uh, coming up financially and breaking into the middle class. Who's marketing to them? Mm. Okay. Nobody. Yeah, so, so are 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 um, are ads um, uh, being directed towards them? Are they part of the demographic that we want to, you know, um, you know, when you're putting your information out uh, for your course? Are you including are you including Latinos as part of your demographic so that your your they see your ads? Hmm. I'm just saying. Wow. I never heard nobody target target that. It's, it's people point. doing it, just not us. But I want yeah. I want to get wood. I want to get wood in on this conversation, and then we got say Sadio. I definitely yeah. got to get. Yes, I got to get your take on this. Will, what's, what's your thoughts? Morning, fellas. Morning. Um, for me, you know, I'm in the Detroit area. And um, my skilled trade, man, is collision, you know. And, uh, man, it's it's good trade. It's tough. It's physical. Um, 
but I have seen a, a real big shift in it, you know, um, for a long time we've had, we're, you know, when I first got into it, you didn't see much minorities into it. Um, and that's changing and it's been changing over the few years, last 10 years or more. Um, so me personally, I, I try to hire as many as possible. And um, I, I did a training last year for a young gentleman, but um, here, you know, I, I agree with like what O'Neill said, there's, you know, the, the different cultures that are, you know, they are playing where they are getting to be, you know, working for themselves. They're not working for other people. Um, the Latinos, um, the Middle Eastern people, um, and that's in every every aspect of uh, any kind of skilled trades, man. Um, I got a good friends that um, probably 10 years ago really didn't know anything much about a collision management and collision shop. And um, I was working for him. And, you know, I, I do every aspect of my business from the front of the house to the back. You know, I clean, I write estimates, I fix cars, I paint cars, I custom and all that kind of stuff. And now I general manage. And um, so I helped these guys get kind of going and, and, and helped them out learning how to write an estimate. And uh, and now today, man, the, the guys are very, very successful. But like Don said, man, um, they're putting in them hours to where um, they would literally work seven days a week, you know, seven in the morning till dark every single night seven days a week so that's a big thing here is, is again is is different ethnicities are growing and there there's no holidays for them, man so i mean you can see why that you know they are steadily growing um and i do think it's the work ethics and to you know have a different and a better quality of life you know um and being uh, in this business, man, like I said, years ago, there wasn't too many uh, African-Americans into the trade. And um, my best friend and me kind of got into this as boys through high school, man. So <laughs> really just to kind of learn to fix our own cars. And still today, you know, we still buy cars and flip them. I'm married to his sister, you know. So that market and that shift has really changed man uh especially in the automotive business you know it, it, more young guys to get in here and get into the trade and do it wouldn't be the thing you know and, and it's a good skill set man it really is i mean o'neill mentioned earlier about you know a lot of young guys or guys period just um not having trades or, or, or being into them and then the sports thing um I agree with O'Neill, man. It's discipline. Um, the key factor about being in sports and being part of a team is being disciplined, you know. And if you ain't disciplined to get up and go to play a sport, it makes it hard to go play a, a job, you know. Okay. So it, it's about discipline and the uh, commitment to it and yourself, really. You got to have it for yourself and the desire and want to. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Sadio, how's it going? Good morning, sir. Good morning. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> so I have a general comment on this. Um, and I have, uh, we have a boy and a girl, and you know we put a lot of thought into this. So, 
Um, just in general, like when you compare the statistics from your last show and the statistics from this show, you know, they start to tell a, a fuller picture of what's going on. Um, while women are gaining, right, um, in general, you know, black women, white women, everybody, women have made great strides. They are still not, you know, dominating, you know, the economy in general. Right. And so while there is um, a shift away from the sort of mechanical and hands on um, and, and manufacturing type of skills that were necessary for the industrial age, now that we've moved into the technological age and what's required is more soft, soft skills. Yes, that does tip the favor, the, the scales a bit in favor of women, but we're not there yet to say that, okay, like well, women have taken over, et cetera. So it's, it's, it's moving more towards what women have been conditioned and taught to nurture those kind those kinds of skills, right? To nurture the skills of communication, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> but it doesn't mean that we're there yet. But in but in response to that, what do we do with our boys, right? So this our strategy, right? We're we're making sure that our boys have those same kind of soft skills, making sure that they're able to learn all the technology, learn the AI, learn the coding, learn you know, learn how to communicate, how to write essays, et cetera. All this, you know, the kind of standard classical liberal arts type of education. But what we're going to do with our son is we are going to have him learn a trade um, from the time he's 16. So that by the time he gets to college, he will have had, you know, two years of some type of trade under his belt. So he's definitely going to college. It's not an if, and, or but. It's just it's a matter of which college are you going to. But in addition to that, prior to him going to college, he will have had those, um, you know, those trade skills. Right now, he's only seven, and they say that you know, man makes plans and God laughs. So we're, you know, so it, you know, it may not turn out to be how we want, but that's the, definitely the goal that we're going to be striving for um, with our son. We are also real estate investors and we have experienced like firsthand you know what the lack of trades you know does and and the kind of um like inflationary prices that happen when there's a scarcity of tradesmen in the market so we're positioning our son for success so that you know if he goes away to college so in some city or something he doesn't have to rely on anything he will have had um investments properties in his name and and learning how to manage those from the time he's little but also he could also pick up you know he could also start at like a plumbing business or whatever trade that you know we will have um had him get involved in since he was 16 so that's the plan and that's that's the trends we're seeing and this is our response to it i just wanted to share that that was an excellent share by the way thank, thank you, you for so that much share. Um, yeah, that's pretty good we got garland in the building too we got garland in the building but i want to read these stats right here because it kind of uh, dovetails on what she was just speaking to, right? So for the first time in history, you guys, literally, um, right now, women now represent the majority of college-educated labor force in America at 31.3%, men at 30.5%. Uh, so it says women have overtaken men and now account for more than half 50.7% of the college-educated labor force in the United States. Now, this is according to Pew Research, 
Center uh, analysis of government data. Right now, uh, the change occurred in the fourth quarter of 2019 and remains the case today, even though to the COVID-19 pandemic resulted in a sharp recession and an overall decline in the size of the nation's labor workforce today, there are more uh, more women ages 25 and older with a bachelor's degree or more education in the labor force than before the pandemic of with, with, with 31.3 million in the second quarter of 2022 compared to 29.1 million in the same quarter of 2019. So women have overtaken. Now, here's the thing. They've overtaken men in terms of the educated workforce, meaning more women have degrees in the workforce than men for the first time in history. Um, I want to get Garland's take on that and also Garland's take on uh, the conversation that we just had before, if you still remember any of the talking points that you may or may not have wanted to share. Is Garland with us? Yes, sir. What's up, man? Appreciate What's going on, man? What's your thoughts about this conversation, man? Well, man, I, I, I had got on YouTube to edit my, uh, my channel and I saw the title pop up and i was like man i was just thinking about this last night um uh so like my you know like uh one of my goals is to retire my wife uh she's a school teacher and so you know like i'm i'm doing things this year i call this the year of expansion for my business so you know i'm trying to level up and grow the business to where my wife doesn't have to work you know like i know my mom's she uh, she has to work, you know, in order to be able to, uh, you know, take care of the house and, and provide. And, you know, my, my dad is, uh, you know, they're still together and everything. But, you know, he, his business um, isn't at a level where it can, you know, where she can take off and not have to work. And uh, so I, I just feel like as a man, it's our responsibility to, uh, you know, work and get to a place where, you know, our wives don't have to work if they don't want to. No, I'm not saying that my wife has to stay at home and and take care of the kids or anything like that. If she wants to go off and run a business, if she wants to go over and do everything, it's my job to be able to provide that freedom for her. So basically you just want her to do whatever she wants. At the end exactly, of the day. exactly, you know? And, and I feel like, you know, um, my, my daughter's, um, my, I guess my ex-father-in-law, he would always say, I can understand a young broke man, but I can't understand an old broke man. Um, you know, basically, Ooh, yeah, you know, like basically at some point you, you should have learned something, you know, and I'm not saying that you have to be an entrepreneur, but if you're working a job, you should be progressing there. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be at a place for 20 years and be at the same level. You know, there should be growth and there should be, um, there should be a, a a level of experience that you should be compensated for as you continue to grow. I look about forty five years old. And wife would be, nah, I'm only uh thirty four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean at the at the end of the day, that's that's how I look at it. You know, um, I think that again, there are there are many opportunities for for women to do a lot of things. Uh, some of my my biggest clients are female builders, and I can tell you, man, they be maybe out here killing it more than more than the men. 
Um, and so, you know, as a as a man, if you want to take on a wife, I feel like, you know, if you if you think the whole goal is for the next 20, 30 years, y'all gonna be splitting bills all the time. Ooh. Oh, you're not you're not doing your job as a man. You're not him. Yeah, you, you should you should at least be getting to a place where she don't have to she don't have to grind like that, especially if you asking her to to take care of the kids and you don't want to help and do all of the other stuff, but you want her to go out and work and split out the bills. Like, what are you really doing, bro? Like at some point you should get to a place where, you know, you really are able to provide that, that freedom for your, your, your wife. And then also for your children, you know, the Bible says that a, a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. children. So what do you, yeah. What are you leaving? your children me and my me and my partner my 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 my, be, my brother my best friend we always say um we don't know which one of our kids will take over the company but at least they'll have the opportunity to take over a company you know they'll have the opportunity to take over something that we built for them you know and if they don't want to take over it then they got the opportunity to sell it i hope they don't but still <laughs> they got that opportunity and then what was the other thing that I need to weigh in? Yeah, on? just the fact that women uh, have overtaken men in education, uh, in terms of the educated yeah. labor force for the first time in American history. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can see that easily. You know, uh, think about it, man. Growing up, if you were smart as a dude, what happened? You got made fun of. You know, wow. and now, yeah. yeah, now all the nerds run the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, I tell my son all the time, he, he's very intelligent. I tell him all the time, say, look, man, people going to make fun of you or being smart. Don't listen to them. They did the same thing about me. I remember playing dumb. Um, I remember when I was in seventh grade, this was the last time I ever failed a class. Uh, I came home with like six Fs because I was trying to be cool. My parents beat the Whoop black man. man they, and then they came to school with me for a week. I never felt another class since, bro. That's the worst right there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> never felt that, another class after that. That man. speaks highly of your parents, though, that 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 they held you accountable to do that. Because a lot of parents these days, they're not even they're not exactly. even their kids' life. They, they're not in tune with their kids' grades, bro. So shout out exactly. to your parents for that. Yeah, they I mean my that that year my teachers made me the most improved student of the year. My grades went from like 14s to 98s. They were the teachers were like, what, wow. what happened? I'm like, parents beat my behind. <laughs> <laughs> and the accountability. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Not a good look at all. You exactly. And, you know, I was in high school. I remember uh my senior year when we got our uh our little like graduation cards telling you like what your GPA was and what your class rank. I was trying to hide it from from my teammates and stuff, and one of them had took my card and he was like, Man, girl, I got a 3.6 GPA. You smart. You've been holding out on us this whole time. I'm like, I don't know what to tell y'all. Uh, and so, you know, at the end of the day, like, there's a lot of us that, on a, as men, we we don't value education as much as the women do. And so we suffer for that, you know. Uh, and I hope that in the future we can train up men that, value education you know i tell my son look you know i don't care if you go to college or not but you know whatever you do make sure that you are striving to be the best at it okay just make go out there learn what you can read books he likes to read uh you know if i tell him all the time if you read you're ahead of the population already because half the population don't read anyway that's a fact yeah that's a little fact i want i want to get a 
I want to ask Keisha and Sadia, what what is y'all thoughts about what he's saying about he wants to retire his wife? He wants his wife to be able to do whatever she desires to do. What was the women's? What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, they, they're not too. They don't have too many men talking like this. Well, here's the thing, though: <laughs> you know, the stats don't speak to that reality. The yeah. stats don't speak to that reality. Before I want to hear what the women. In, well, before you jump into that, uh, I, I can't. I can't lie and say I'm the original on it. Uh, I don't know how many of y'all follow a guy uh, named Mitt uh, Smith, Mitt215. On oh, yeah, Instagram. absolutely. Yeah, that's where I got the idea from, you know, when he he had talked about how that was his goal and how he had accomplished that of retiring his wife. And I think she went back to work, but she has the freedom that if she wants to go off and do whatever she wants, he got the house locked down. And I was like, yeah. well, shoot, you know, that's how I, I look at my mom's, I'm like, you know, like if my mom's, if, if, you know, we, me and my wife just had a baby, we got three month old, you know, like my mom's couldn't even come take off work and spend, you know, a couple of weeks with us to help us with the baby. Cause she got to work, you know, if she don't work, they ain't got nothing to eat, you know? So I want my right. wife to be able to have that freedom that, you know, when our children go off and have a baby, if she want to go and, and help them, you know, through that, through, uh, you know, help them with the baby so they don't have to go off and spend money on daycare and we all know daycare expensive she could have that freedom you know mm-hmm. but that's what that's what as a man i feel like you should you should provide that freedom for not just your wife but for your whole family you should be able to provide that freedom for you you should be able to change the financial trajectory of your family and you have the ability to do that now because the internet leveled the playing field i ain't gonna wow. lie garland what you talking about is, is far-fetched. Everybody on that 50-50 now. <laughs> <laughs> I go to work, you bring your ass to work. But I definitely respect what you're saying because I feel like uh, I'm a unicorn because my wife hasn't worked in eight years. Mm. She ain't worked since she was 23. She was pregnant with our second kid. She ain't worked since then. We got three kids now. So I feel what you're saying because I am that to my wife and my family. Like, I feel like as a man, you should be working to provide, protect, and to also build and make life easier for the people who you have in your family, like your wife and your kids. So definitely respect what you're saying. I guess I guess I'm very uh, I'm a, I'm a unicorn, Byron. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. many men. Well, I, I I would say this. I I do think it's a lot of men that that have that desire. Um, the issue, I believe, is the stats the reality of the marketplace that we exist in just don't, don't support it. Um, it, it just, it just 100% don't support it. It sounds great. Um, but when you really look at this data, I don't see, I don't see a reality for that. I, I just don't see it. I want to know what uh, Keisha and yeah, I hear the women yeah, what, what the women got to say about what Garland said. And, um, you know, and also what do y'all think the reality that is really taking place out here in these streets, what y'all really seeing out here? Um, any, any Keisha, Sadia? So, um, so my thoughts on that, um, oh, sorry, Keisha, were you saying something? Did you want to go? No, 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 she never came off mute. You good. Um, so my, I'm driving, so if you hear any noise from my podcast, guys, but my thoughts on that, are, um, I mean, it's, it's good and it's admirable, but from a, like a whole sociolo- a sociological aspect, 
right? Um, you know, most people are not in a position to do that if, in fact, that we're trying to build um, a lot, just like you talk about, build inheritance for our children and our children's children. You know, we, for, for many, many, you know, a compounded amount of reasons, most people aren't in that position. So one of the things that, you know, people can do is start making a goal to maybe move towards that where um, you might not uh, need to retire your wife forever, but maybe the first goal is like, okay, before we have children, let's plan so that I can make enough money that um, when the when when my wife has the baby, she doesn't have to run back to work after um, after three weeks, so she doesn't have to like rely on you know the 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 whims of her employer as to you know when she, you know to determine whether she should go back to work or not. She should be able to go back when she's ready. If you plan like that, that's like maybe one step, and then after that, you know, um, she can go back if she's interested. Um, and then if, and then, you know, once you, once more money builds up and, and people, you know, you, you're in a situation where both people don't have to work like permanently, not just as a break for childcare or something, then we can then think about, um, setting a goal where, okay, one of us, um, is, you know, you know, being the primary breadwinner, but the other one is looking into how they can monetize their, you know, their passions and their interests. You know, they might not have to work in a W-2 or whatever, but see how they can use their passions to bring in more income <clears throat> to then, um, you know, try to continue to work towards that goal of, you know, um, you know, the um, generational wealth for children's children. I mean, I think that that's like more of a sustainable model. Um, that's, that's my thoughts on it. Wow. Wow, Keisha, is Keisha was Keisha able to speak on that? Yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm in my car, so tell me if you can hear me or not. Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. What? Um, I was on the phone when Garland was speaking. Um, what question you want me to answer? So we want you to speak on. He's. I think you said you're 35 or 34. Who me? I think Garland says no. I think Garland says thirty-four, but he said his plan is for this year is to retire his wife, or build to retire his wife. And what do you? What's your thoughts on a man thinking that way in two thousand twenty-four? He wants to actually work to retire his wife, and he don't want to see his wife working, or he wants to see his wife doing what she wants to do, whatever she wants to do, whatever that is. If she want to work, cool. She just want to go, I guess, uh, raise the kids. She can do that. He just want his wife to. Do whatever she wants. I don't. I don't see a problem with that. Um, he said that he's not stopping her from um, doing what she wants to do. It's just how he wants to contribute to his family, and I think that that's a healthy attitude. If that's a goal of his, it's not hurting the family. It may help the family. Um, and I know it's possible. Um, Mitt uh, did the same thing for his wife. Uh, my dad did the same thing for my mom um it's possible and my mom still works actually she works with my dad um in his practice so i mean i don't see a, a problem with it i don't know if there was supposed to be some pushback but i mean I, that's commendable if you can do it i say go for it no so we asking basically like how often do you see that just in in reality because most men these days they want to do the 50 50. There's a whole lot of, of, 
of men um, that are weak-minded and for some reason feel some type some type of way about um, <laughs> their wife or their girl contributing or not contributing. I mean, that shouldn't stop anything from what you're doing if that's if you're confident in what you can do. Um, I don't. I'm not knocking anyone that feels it's 50-50. You do what you want to do, but I mean, I don't see why it's a problem. It's not. Um, the quote-unquote traditional way of, of how, I guess, people set up relationships and the man should do everything. And I definitely, I contribute to my household. My mom contributed to her, uh, our household, so I haven't seen anything different. Um, I don't, I think the attitude towards some men right now is very weak as far as like, well, why should I have to? Um, and it's like, well, nobody's pointing a gun to your head, but being so defensive about taking care of your family is, is a weak is a is a weak position. Um, if that's what you shoot, if, if that's what you uh, choose to do, you know what I mean. Like, what's the problem? What's what is the problem? Like, can you not do it? You know, I feel like if you can do it, do it. But to be a, like have an aggressive stance, so I'm not doing this if she don't do this, and this whole the, you know these little memes going around with who should pay the bill and all this other kind of stuff, like. If that's something that you put yourself in a position to have to, you know, I don't know. I just, I just, there's a lot of weak men around here, and I don't know if they're watching too much Instagram or, or what the problem is, why they feel so threatened. But um, to each his own, <laughs> I know that I'm a type of woman that's going to contribute to my relationship. So that's nothing that my man would have to worry about. But if he wants me to be able to um, have the option to work and not work, I'm not going to fight that. I don't think any woman would really fight that. Uh, maybe Princella would, but who knows? I mean, I think oh. um, I'm just saying. I know that she loves for women to be independent, and I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. We don't need men, but if I have an option, then I'm gonna take the option. And I think a man would do that too, because I was with one that did take that option that was was never even discussed. But yeah, I think there's a lot of men that are threatened by women, and I, that might be, you know, speaking to um, some of the stats. You know, maybe they feel like they don't have as much of a position in the workplace or feel like they're they could easily be pushed out by a more capable woman. So maybe that's where that's coming from. But that's my view on it. Wow. Well, I appreciate your feedback on that, man. We're going we're gonna, to we'll pivot real quick, man. We're going to pivot real quick. So the pandemic made it clear that the housework still falls on women. Female breadwinner or not. Men are resentful that they have to do chores. Women are resentful that they still have to do chores, even though they're one and a half times more likely to do to be the primary income earner than the previous generation. Let, let's let's pull this up real quick. <laughs> it's crazy, though. Yeah, um, Ain't nobody trying to do no work. <laughs> no. <laughs> so 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 basically, you know what I gather from that is that men are still expecting the traditional roles to remain intact in terms of household duties, right? Even though the women are bringing in, if not equal to the man, sometimes more than the man, and still expected to maintain household. So basically, at the end of the day, it sounds like the women are becoming the men. They're bringing in the money, and they're taking care of the house. Wow. And are resentful for it. And so it's affecting the one. So the successful woman is less happy, 
right? Not just because she makes more money and is losing respect for the man, but also because she's expected to hold down the traditional roles and support the household. Hey, man, we had a previous show on this. Men are becoming more feminine and women are becoming more masculine. And having to still be feminine at the same time. This is Look, a this is a new space. That's a horrible situation, bro. So why the women taking care of the kids just had a long day, made all the money. Men come home and hop on the game on the sofa. <laughs> kids running around and the, and the wife cooking. The wife bringing the plate to the to the man while he playing the game. Come on, man. My God. And he ain't making no money. Oh, God. So I see why they get aggravated with the fellas, man. And here's the thing. It's not by a little bit. It's not by a little bit. It's by a lot. Right. So so when you look at the numbers, right, um, when it comes to household work, only 14 percent of men are open to taking on those duties. And when it comes to child care, listen to this. <laughs> this is real talk. When it comes to child care, regardless if that woman is bringing in more money or not. Only seven percent of men are willing to take on that duty. Seven percent. That's bad, bro. <laughs> so wait a minute. So how? Okay. All right. Yeah, this is real talk. So we got some folk. Okay, so the God, I, w- I want the God to pull up, man. Pull up, pull up to the witch God. So you hire a nanny. But what about the people who are, are not necessarily in position to hire a, lot a of people, nanny? Yeah, a lot of people financially not in that position. Yeah, a lot of people financially not in that position. Um, I want to know. I want to know. So, Garland, real, real quick. I know that you mentioned you want your wife, you know, to 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 um to be retired. I I feel I I love that too. I feel the same way. Um, but Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I just want you to step outside of your reality. Look at what this reality is. And I want your opinion specifically on this reality. The fact that we do have a lot more women who are the household breadwinners. And um, and I want to get done in on this, too. And, the, you know, the men are not stepping up when it comes to household duties at all. Not even not even. A little bit. They ain't doing nothing, man. What's your take on that? Uh, like in terms of stepping up and taking over and helping. Yeah, with the kids, helping with the household chores and duties. Uh, despite the woman still working, still working just as much as the man in a lot of these situations. What's your take on that? But not in financial position to maybe uh, hire a nanny or anything of that nature. Yeah, look, I, I tried to hire a nanny too. I could afford it, but when I compared it to the cost of daycare, I was just like, hey, babe, nanny looks really expensive. I was like, this, I think daycare might be the better option. Uh, maybe that was just me being too frugal. But anyway, uh, in terms of helping out, um, well, you know, I, I, I go in with uh, what the Bible says about leadership and how leaders are servants. And so if I'm the the leader of this home, it's my job to serve in any way that I can. So for me, I, I'll help the family. I mean, I'll help my wife with the children. You know, I'll, I'll get up at night with, with our three-month-old, feed her or, or um, 
you know, change our diaper or anything like that. I'll help clean up. We we have a uh, we have cleaning people that come over uh, like every two weeks. Uh, miles is way too big for me to clean by myself anyway. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, our kids they do. We have older kids too, so they do a lot of the chores. But you know, like I'll wash bottles. Uh, my wife will sometimes remind me if I forget to do those things too. But yeah, I mean, for me on, on my end, like, what's your what's I, your opinion I, on the reality that most men aren't though? I listen. I I know. I you know. I think that for one. When you're when you're not willing to do that, you're not really. I don't think it's fair for you to ask for someone to be 50 50 on the bills, but you're not going to be 50 50 in the work. You know, um, I mean, that's just my opinion on the thing, you know, to think that, you know, I know men that don't even, you know, put their kids to bed like they won't even have a bedtime story, you know, and I feel like that's 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 just not wise, um, especially because. As men, we have a profound impact on our children. Um, and so, you know, I know that my role here, I know that God placed me here to instill stuff in these children so that they can grow up and go out. <clears throat> excuse me. They can grow up, go out into this world and be, you know, functioning adults. And so it's important for me to not just provide for the family, but to also spend quality time with them. You know, I'll go upstairs and, and play the Xbox with my no. son and then whoop me and stuff, you know, just to spend quality <laughs> just to get time. that time in. Yeah, nah, you know. I, I I respect that. So I, I want to know, you know, because we we got the God, we got we got uh shout out to God in the building, man. What's going on, man? What's going on, yeah. Hey, I, I, I say before they go, I feel like a lot of hierarchy of finance too. A lot yeah. of kids don't have relationships with their father because of what Garland just said. They're not about to go read no book to their kids. They're not about to go play the game with them. They're not about to play outside with them. They're not about to do nothing with them. That's why a lot of kids, yeah, a lot of kids don't have relationships with their dad. Like they just call their dad if they need something. That's it. They'll never call their dad just to have a conversation. That was me. That's the relationship between me and my pops. He wonders why our relationship is strained, and I'm like, same for me. Yeah, I don't really know you. Like we don't have no time. We don't spend no time together. Anything does call me is to yell at me about something. So you know, there isn't a. A relationship so i said you know if i'm going to break generational curses i gotta do something different so i want to be able to spend time with my kids and not just be the person that's always telling them what to do but also be a person who we got shared hobbies you know my son not yeah. really in sports but he in the gaming so i'm trying to get into it and figure out how to play uh you know all the little games that he plays Fortnite and all that stuff i don't really understand it but i'm trying to be present yeah but I think it may be like that because times is different too. Like, you know, you you in your thirties, I'm in my thirties, bro. Men was actually getting to it back then. They was actually working all day. So we got to look at that side too. You know what I'm saying? Like, the so men in my point. generation when I was younger was real workers. They wouldn't like trying to figure out not to work. They was trying to figure out how to work more to to bring more money to the family. So we got to look at it that aspect as well. It's a good point. You're right about that. That's another reason why we got to be smarter now. Yeah. But let, let's hear from the God in hierarchy finance. What's going on? Good morning. Yes. Man, your well, audio a little low. You, you may be you connected. Are you connected to your car audio or your phone? Yeah, my car audio is low. 
you might have to get off the cardio and just stick to your phone because it's low. All right. All right. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll get to, we'll go to the guard, we'll go to the guard and then come back to you. The guard, you with us? Okay. What about, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. You way better now. Yeah, way better. Okay, bet. So I'm just saying like a little bit of this conversation for me is illogical just because of Statistically, um, most people are not making over a hundred thousand statistically, right? And then when you you stratify that by black people specifically, a lot of black men are not making over a hundred thousand. Also, when we talk about the household, if nobody's gonna do the housework in the household, so what we gonna just live in a dirty ass house? Like we both don't want to do housework. Like how, how is this thing really supposed to work out? I'm saying hire a nanny. If you're making all this money, then hire a nanny. Like what? Like what exactly is people supposed to do? Right. It's, just, it's not making sense. So 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 real real quick. So the guys. So we we've noticed right that women are making a lot of strides in terms of success um, in this country specifically. Really really globally. Really globally. If we want to keep it real. Um, and men, you know, based on the stats, based on the stats are in some ways starting to underperform in a lot of areas. Um, the dating market for men is absolute trash. What's the statistics, uh, O'Neal on men that are absolute sexless? Do you know the stats on the men who are, who are, who are sexless? So between um, the age of 15 and 30 in the last year. Only 33% of men had sex. 33%, right? And I know that that has to be a major factor in men's desire to overachieve. Let's keep it real. Most men are motivated to be successful for women. And if most men are not able to gain access to women, where does that leave male achievement? What does this mean for male achievement? I want to know your take on this, the God. What, what what's your take on some of these new trends? I mean, these men, these men you talk about. I, I really don't know men that that don't have access to women, so that's kind of weird. In my in my opinion, I, I never had an issue like that. Um, I I will say this though, for these men that are overachievers, like I know y'all spoke about earlier, uh, being able to make it so the woman does not have to do anything in the house or does not have to work or whatever so have you but then exactly what is she going to do because if i'm working three jobs or i'm, I'm handling my business all day or uh, are you going to be dealing with the milkman or the pool boy like you're going to be lonely you're going to say i'm not i'm not paying you attention like how, how is this thing going to work out it just doesn't make Ooh. sense to me oh and so, wait a minute. So you saying that 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 free time may be used unwisely or, or, or destructively? Is that what we saying? Yeah, I mean, don't you always hear? I, I mean, how many movies have you seen where where the man was an overachiever? He's constantly at work. He's constantly doing this and that, and the woman is saying she's feeling lonely, so she starts a romance with somebody else. Oh my God! Oh, hey, we thought we having a real conversation. Now. Yeah, it's got real. <laughs> Yo, yo. You can't feel she go find somebody else who can. My God. 
Mm. Wow. So, yeah, that's powerful. So, so, so let's speak. We got high, uh, hierarchy finance. What's your take on that right there? And then we got to get done in this on this conversation too, man. My God, it's hierarchy finance in, in the building. I see you off mute, but we can't hear you. <laughs> Y'all saying he's talking about a movie, but nah, that that ain't no movie. That's that. Listen, I've seen yeah, that in real a lot life. Of life like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that in real life. Yeah, because you know you got some of these women sitting at home being taken care of and bored. Yeah, that's a well, you real. Be thing. a well-rounded man, man. You got to be a well-rounded individual, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's a real thing. The pool boy. Yeah, <laughs> the pool boy. Plumber gun, boy. I'm about to say yes, the pool boy. That plumber, that hey, look, hey man, he coming. I'm gonna lay him some PVC. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> can we get hierarchy finance? Are you able? Okay, so he's off the mic. He's Let's off. Get done, man. <laughs> Duh, hey, what's man. your thoughts on this conversation? Oh, my God, Lord, 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 I tell you, um. Listen, I'm 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 listening to the um, the aspect of service, and there is a benefit psychologically and spiritually for service. And if I approach how I deal with my wife from a a service aspect, and and try to get away from roles, gender roles that have been um, somebody else coming up with a gender role for me or my wife. Where did that come from? All right. Did I read it in a book? Uh, was, you know, do we see it in the media? Where did these things come from? But I do know, what I do know, that there's a benefit spiritually and psychologically to serve one another. So I look at this as um, from my perspective and, and me and my wife, um, I love serving her. So it, it it absolutely means nothing to me to go out and earn a living. Now if I had to if I had to work somebody else's job to do all of this, yeah, it, it probably would be difficult. So I'm glad to be in the position that I'm in, you know, to have to have my business. But when it comes to that, um, my my wife will work you know, sometimes when when she wants to. I mean, she went out and got an insurance license and and sold some insurance for a while and and made some good money. And uh, whatever money she makes, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know how much money, money my wife. I don't know how much money my wife has. We, I, um, she has her. She, we have our bank account, and she has her bank account. I don't know how much money is in her bank account. So her money is her money, and your money is her money. My money is our money, yeah, and I'm okay with that. I mean, because that's how I approach it. You know, she doesn't have to ask. She doesn't have to ask me for money. It's just kind of, um, you know, it's it's a it's a mutual assumption that if anything's going to get paid for, um, I'll pay for it. But if she chooses to pay for something, I don't get in the way. Wow. Because that is her. Now, now we're talking about when it's 
um, now it's up. Why would I prevent her from getting the same benefits spiritually and psychologically from serving from her position? When she wants to pay for something, then she's getting those benefits as well. So now we're both working to become better versions of ourselves. Do you think, Don, that has that speaks to your your ability to choose a superior partner than most? You know, I, I, I wish I could take credit for that. You know, like I said, you know, from, from the spiritual aspect, I believe God was leading every step of the way to find my partner in life. And, you know, and when I look back on how it all happened, you know, you could hindsight is 2020. And you look back at all the things that happened that directed your life, all right, uh, so that um, you could meet this particular person. And you look, you said, listen, I couldn't have orchestrated that. How did that all of that happen? And uh, and the and the times that something what you perceived was bad that happened that closed a certain door, then uh, that allowed another door to open up to get something even better. So yeah, um, no, I don't, I can't take credit for that at all. Uh, no, it was, it was she. Uh, I was led to her. She was led to me. And uh, now we have you know, a great, you know, we have a great relationship, but I tell you what, you know, the, you know, we've been married, you know, um, for 21 years and, and 19 years of those who have been great. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the first, it's, been some, the, it's been some struggles in there. The first two are Rocky, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 Gotcha. So, so that's kind of that's kind of where that's kind of where uh, you know we, we that's how we approach that thing when it comes to service, when it comes to money, when it comes to working. Um, and uh, I will say this: when you expect something from your partner or spouse, that's where problems happen. When you expect it. Because wow. now they'll feel taken uh, taken for granted. I want to I want to speak to that. I want to ask some of the ladies. You know, what's your thoughts on some? You know, the God brought up. You know, if you know, woman sitting at home all day, she may cheat, right? Um, or feel <laughs> neglected. I I want to know what's the. <laughs> we got a Sandra, we got a lady a new lady came in. Yeah, to Sandra Smith. What's your thoughts on that mindset? Uh, do you be, yeah, what's, what's your thoughts on that mindset? And then I want the God to kind of, uh, to, 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 to combat that. If we you need can. to hear you in the chat too. What's your thoughts, man? What's yeah. Your what's thoughts your thoughts on that? All right. Grand rising, uh, <laughs> peace and blessings to everybody. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. We can loud and clear. All right. Perfect. So you want to know, are, okay. So are you asking how do, how do women feel that, that are stay at home mothers? Well, let's say just stay at home, period, because, you know, with a with a mother, that's different. You know, most, you know, I'm talking about women who just stay at home. Let's say if a man is working to just, you know, keep his wife at home. The God is saying if he's working. Oh, to keep... oh, oh let the guy break it down. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let saying. the God break it down. I yeah, break it down what you're saying, the guy. Yeah, break reply. it down, the God. All right. So so you a big owner. 
right? And you putting all into your business. Maybe you're working 20 hours a day, right? You're not at home. You're only coming home just to go to sleep. You're tired when you get home. You really don't spend as much time with your wife. Or on the flip side, you're working three jobs just to bring everything into the household and your wife is just home, you know, you're taking care of her. She can go shopping whenever she wants. She can do everything. But that intimacy and that time together is just not there. So now what is she going to do? Like, okay, what, what, well, that, 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 that's where the man's emotional intelligence comes in to know whether he has an asset or a liability. Ooh. Because Ooh. if he has an asset on his hands, he's going to have the type of woman that knows how to communicate. And he should know. They're not communicating in relationships. How can you live with someone and you can't even express what you're what you're needing from them or what you're not getting from them? So if a man doesn't have enough emotional intelligence to know that he has a liability instead of a woman that's an asset, then that that's a problem. That's the problem, because if you guys are not, you know, communicating and saying, hey, you know, babe, let's go on a little getaway for the weekend. You know, let's pay for a babysitter or, you know, get one of the family members to watch the kids or whatnot. You know that again, that that relationship need, needs some reevaluation, like really, really bad, because, again, you guys are not even communicating and you're living in the same household. If you're not communicating about your relationship, what else are you not communicating about? Are you not communicating about the finances? Are you not communicating about the children? So there's a whole host of things that are going unaddressed. And so just like a vehicle, if you don't take care of it, eventually it's going to break down. I think that's that's common sense at this point. Bam Bam put in the chat, he said, if there is no kids in that household, there's no way he going to have that woman sitting in that house by herself. Uh, what's your take on that? Uh, well, well, she, okay. So if, if the man is working and she has, and, and she has basically, she's basically sitting at home and she's not doing anything. I don't, a lot of women, even if they're stay at home mothers, they, they still have a life or like they still have, you know, things that they do outside of the household, whether that's volunteering in the community or, you know, putting together events. I, women are communal by nature. So I just don't know any women that just like to sit at home all day twiddling their thumbs. They're going to be doing something like if I, I just, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, I've never ran into a woman that just wants to stay home and not do anything. I, I uh, more, usually when women are young and they leave home, they go to school, they try to get some type of education so that they can support themselves until they get married. If they ever decide to get married or however they choose for their life to go. Like I just don't, you know, there's so many things that, you know, a woman can do, but if she does choose to stay home, I'm just saying like, again, the relationship itself needs to be reevaluated. There's something wrong. Seriously, there's something wrong if, you know, a woman just wants to go around sleeping with, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry and it's not it's not her husband. Like <laughs> either she's not being satisfied and she's too afraid to tell him or she just, you know, like, I don't know. I, you know, I don't get me the line. I don't know. <laughs> but, 
I've just never like that's just that's just to me that's not a realistic scenario. Like mm. I know that it happens, but again, a lot of times it's because of a breakdown in basic communication. You have to tell a person that you're living with what you need. If you don't tell the person that you're living with or that you committed vows to in front of God and your friends and family to love, honor, and all this other stuff, if you can't even talk to that person, then who, I mean, who are you talking to? Because you're talking to somebody. You, because so men God. gossip just as much as women do. So the let's, God, let's not quick. get it twisted. Men gossip just as much as women do. So you talking to somebody. Oh, man, she didn't got that. She ain't doing such and such. Uh, her hair ain't done, you know. A butt, a butt looking like bullet wounds. I mean, like, oh. what, what, what's oh. going on? Yo, what's you going, going crazy right now. You ain't lied about none of that. You know, because both men and women hit the wall now. Sometimes men hit the wall a little bit quicker than women do. Okay, let's keep it a buck. But again, like, I just don't know. Like that, 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 that's just not a realistic scenario. Like again, he need to put in some work, take some pills, do something. I don't know, but My God. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute, not the medication, not the, not the prescription. Wait a minute. Wait. So hold on, the God, Bam yeah. Bam put in the chat. He put in the chat. If the if it's no kids, if that woman does not have kids by him, it is no way she gonna be sitting in that house by herself. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I mean, look at I look at it like this. I mean, it's it's two parts of this conversation. You saying okay, you're gonna take care of the woman, but at the same time, y'all saying that they don't want to do household duties or chores. So okay, yeah, I'm working my ass off day in day out to come home to a dirty ass house, no food, right? And, and, and you're giving me an attitude. I, like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, well, nine times out of ten, you married out. her because of how she looked, not what she could contribute. Ooh. So Ooh. That's, that's, that sounds like a you problem. What do you mean what you she could contribute? Well, I mean, we're supposed, supposed to be... We you married her for how she looked, not what she contribute. You didn't make sure that she had. She was a woman of substance. You didn't make sure that she was an asset. You didn't make sure that she was a woman that if you dropped the ball, she could pick the ball up. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about, basically. But I'm hearing people on the stage say that if if, if if it's my money, it's our money. If it's her money, it's her money. That sounded like you being slutted out. And I don't mean you know, to But the thing is, no if, you, if you're working three jobs, what are you working towards? Have you guys sat down and made a goal for the marriage? Is this, is this extra money? To put into insurance policies, uh, IULs, are you guys investing in tax lien certificates? Like, what's going on? Because I mean, a lot of times people want to get married, the but they don't have a plan for the marriage itself. That's the issue, agree. too. I agree. I, I, I see I see marriage as everybody putting in 100% into the pot to make this relationship and our livelihood better. It shouldn't be one person doing more than the other. We should all be doing everything that we can so that we can get to the next phase or whatever we're trying to do. And I agree with you. Yeah, we should have goals as a marriage. But it shouldn't all be on one person and the other person sitting there eating bonbons and going and being on Instagram and all of this nonsense. That's bullshit. 
Okay, so it sounds like to me, either you don't have the capability to be able to verbalize your needs from a woman, or you still got some pain that you ain't worked through. That's what it sounded like to me. Now, that's the so, you know, you, 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 you right next to me right now. Oh, no, 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 ma'am, ma'am. I think you're wrong. My wife is sitting here right next to me right now, and we all put, we both put all we can into our marriage. You can ask her. Okay, so if that's the case, why did you come up with this wild scenario? I'm confused. Okay, well, let me just clear the air. First off, it's stories. It, he's he's not speaking about his marriage today, right? He's talking about, in general, some, some of these people have these issues, right? Now, for him and I, we work together. We also got a non-profit. We also got a for-profit. And we go to work. Okay, so that's understandable. Building but together. He, building. He's, he's definitely very kind of hostile about a situation he ain't even in. I'm just, I'm just confused. A, a scenario that, that that's not his real life. So I was just confused on that. But okay, so that that's fine and dandy. That's not his real life. That's not his real situation. He's just speaking in general. I'm guessing from maybe wanna... guys that he knows or spoken have spoken with go... that maybe have went like through that. Okay, job fine. and you can stay home and you can work on your nonprofit. Boom. But I'm not that type of woman. I will go to work. So tell me this. So he basically, are you saying that he does not require you to work? You desire to work. Is that what I'm hearing? Talking to the guy oh. wife. The, uh, the guy wife. Yeah, I think you're on mute. The guy. You got to unmute. Mm. Okay. Yeah, y'all probably y'all probably talking a lot over there, but y'all on mute. Yeah. Yeah, the guy you on mute. Okay. We'll come back. We'll come back. Maybe they're having a private conversation. A lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to hear uh Ice man, cause cause uh the guy had a response to that. Yeah, about, yeah. What's his take on it? Sound like you're getting flooded out or something like that. That's My God. No, man, it's it's important to have communication. Um, mm. Without that communication, then you're going to assume that things are supposed to go a certain way. And when you feel that things are supposed to go a certain way and they're not going that way, but you haven't communicated your ideas. People don't talk, you know, we need to talk about money. We need to talk about the roles around the house. We need to negotiate those things. Those things need to be talked about and not uh, and not be uh, you don't want to assume how things should go in the the marriage relationship. So that's why it's important to have premarital counseling so that you can learn some of the skills that you need to talk some of these things out. Remember what I said that the first two years of my marriage were kind of rocky. It is because we didn't talk everything out and when you um and what, so now what was you some get, of the reasons yeah y'all weren't able to have the, what, what was some of the blockades in the communication you would you say the, um the, those assumptions mm. ha having assumptions and what kind uh, of assumptions yeah well like um probably pretty much on everything so yeah. i hear what you're saying is not really having clear communication just assuming 
what well, you know, think, I, what there, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't clued in on. As, you know, well, I remember the first time um, we went shopping. One of the first times we went shopping, and uh, we went by the coach store. And I said, "What well, you paid? Well, you paid that kind of money for that purse?" <laughs> the response was, <laughs> "I made this money." <laughs> oh, okay. Respectfully, so, yeah. We hadn't we hadn't talked about how that you know how that kind of thing happens, and I had no idea. You know, I've never, you know, so, you know, when it comes to shopping, I wasn't, you know, I'm not a big shopper. So I had no idea you could spend that kind of money for a purse, you know, but, um, but we hadn't talked about how we want to spend money. We didn't talk about how uh, she would spend her money. We didn't talk about how we would spend our money. It wasn't in, it wasn't something that came up. And then when we did start talking about it, it wasn't from a position of planning. It was it was from it was out of frustration and anger. That's when these things start. You want to talk about these things after you get fed up or after you get upset about something. And that is, that's exactly the wrong time to talk about it. That's not that's not um, developing a skill set. Now you're trying to be right. Mm. So that's that's good information. So what you're saying is y'all have not always had it figured out from a financial standpoint. I think we got the God back. I don't know if you uh, are able to kind of um, come off mute on that. But so it sounds like y'all didn't always have it right. Y'all had to figure it out. Right. And now y'all have gained a certain level of trust. So I want to know what the God's thoughts are on that response, because that tells me. That. It wasn't always right. Y'all got it right over time. Okay. Now, oh, oh did y'all did y'all hear what my wife said? Because we, we, we didn't hear everything she said. It cut off. Oh, y'all can bring oh, it back. Hear everything she said. Okay. Okay. Well, let her let her finish what she said real quick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let it get I, it off. <laughs> thank you. I basically explained that my husband said to me one time. He said, "Babe, if you don't want to work no more." You can stay focused on school, just when I was in school at the time, get my master's in business, and then you can work on your nonprofit. He said, I will work two jobs. So I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to continue to work, continue to go to school, and continue to work on my nonprofit, which he helps me with a lot of the stuff. I passed. I graduated with his help and still got my nonprofit, and we still work. Also, we got a full profit. We got a condo and apartment that we rent out. So with that, I'm saying all that to say this. He's not talking about his current um, um, marriage. No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about people that probably he, he probably knows that gone through that. A woman will sit home and some woman, it depends on who the woman is, that would sit home don't have shit to do, be on Instagram, uh, eat all the food, come home to a dirty house. Who knows? Ooh. But not in my house. That's not mm. how we cooking. Okay? Now, we cannot sit there and say, oh, I don't know no woman like that. You might know some woman who's on public assistance. Hey, <laughs> let's talk about that. 
okay? And they don't do shit all day, right? And then have an attitude when you come in and say, damn, this house fucked up. What's, what is it to eat? There's no hey, food. Hey, anyway, God damn. Wait a minute. Hey, I'm keeping it 100, right? This is what it's about. Let's let's keep it funky. So at the end of the day, yes, you know what he got at home, my husband. But then you got some dudes who, who who's who's the PlayStation players and the and the and the and the and the, the, the wives or the girlfriends who don't have nothing really going on. So that's their house where they come home and want to smoke weed. And who knows? We cannot say these things do not happen because it does. I think it happened more than we know. I think it happened as well. Because guess what? Um, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I think that was coming from a real place. I think here's the thing. A lot of times when we have these conversations, right, we have a, a theory, you know, an idealistic version of these conversations. And then we have a reality version of these conversations. And what I appreciate about their perspective is that I, listen, I live in the real world. Oh, what about you? You, you know anything yeah, about yeah, the real world? We, yeah. You hear about some stories? We, we like to talk about reality. I hear about yeah. people playing the game all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear about the Xbox no money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear about the chick who 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 is real, real acquainted with the pool guy or whoever this these these theoretical pretzel men are. You know, uh, I I know I hear these stories. I'm not finna sit up here and act like I don't hear these stories, right? And so 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 the question is, the question is, I want to know what uh, Tashandra thinks about that perspective, right? Um, as a lady, I would love to hear your take on that. Uh, or Keisha, if we can get you in on that. What, what's your take on what she said um, about some of the realities of what she hears that's going on? We all here. We got to keep it real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We here. Oh, okay, so I was trying to make it make sense because when he was speaking, he was sounding so hostile. He was making it seem like that was his situation. So I didn't know if that was his situation or not. So now that I know that that's not his situation and he was just speaking in general about maybe, you know, people that he know that have went through that. Again, my question would still be, why would you marry a woman that doesn't have anything going on? Again, you have married a woman that is a liability and not an asset because you chose her based on how she looked and not what she could offer in the marriage. So, again, that that would be my question. Um, and then second of all, yeah, there are a lot of, there are quite a few women out here on welfare, but let's just keep it above. Those women didn't make the, those children that they have that, that are on welfare by themselves. So obviously they had to get on welfare or they, you know, or they just decided they didn't want to get uh, education or wh however they, however their situation went, because I'm going to tell you something, it's even married couples that are on welfare. Let's wake that up. Cause it was a mm. lot of people on welfare when twenty when uh COVID hit. So you know, again, it, it a lot of people have different financial situations because a lot of our people were were not privy to financial literacy until the internet hit. A lot of people didn't know about you know insurance policies. A lot of people didn't know about savings accounts and investing in the stock market and investing in real estate. It, it has taken a long time for our people to catch up. To the rest to what the rest of the world has been privy to. So everybody's situation is different. 
But I was just trying to understand, first of all, where he was coming from. Like, that was my whole thing. Like, I didn't know if he was like, because oh. he was speaking so passionately. I didn't know if he himself had went through something like that or if he was speaking in general. So, okay, wait, I got wait, it. Let, so let now that say, he's... Let me just say, my husband, when he speaks, He's very passionate about what he's talking about. That's number one. Number two, I was on public assistance a long time ago, but I always felt like I deserve more or better. I'm not going to allow someone to come up in there and and and, and you want to eat, but you ain't bringing nothing in. So, I mean, you gonna bring some piece of you gonna bring other type of meat than than your meat. <laughs> So, so with that being said, like, what are we doing here? But I think people, and, and like I just told my husband when you were speaking, men would cheat, women would cheat. We would think the man is at work, working his behind off, and he's slaying. Or you he working, some, he, he working something else. He working on something else. You know what I'm saying? Or the female, you thinking your woman is doing In a housekeeping closet. Right. And and and, oh and she and and she working it, you know, you thinking she Worked at out. home doing the, the household duties. She got a workout trainer. Right. She's sleeping with the next door neighbor. I mean, I have be the workout trainer. It'd be the them be the ones right there. <laughs> I listen, you got the milkman, you got the newspaper man, you got whoever that she, you know, and, and listen, let me just say this too. Sometime I will work from home. And my husband is at work. I will call him 10 times in a day because I am lonely and I want my husband to come home and I miss him. But while he's at work, I'm working on other things as in I'm in the computer. I'm doing, you know, curriculums. I'm a DV advocate. So I'm working, but I just miss my husband. Mm. Mm. Let me add something to that real quick. Let me add something to that real quick, right? Um, yeah, I've had previous relationships. I mean, coming up, we didn't always look for all of these qualities in women. We went by looks. Well, I say, I speak for myself. I went by looks, right? And, you know, I was in the street, so I was getting money in the street, and I wasn't expecting the woman to be this virtuous woman back in those days. So she would be home doing whatever she's doing, and I'm out in the streets doing what I'm doing, and I'm spending all the money that I'm making in the streets, right? But then when I got caught up in the streets, she went on to the next person. She didn't hold me down while I was in prison doing what I had to do. So, yeah, I learned from that. And then when I when I when I when I was able to overcome that, I was able to understand that you have to look for more in the women than just the face value and the looks. And now I understand that, you know, the qualities, that's why I picked a wife that actually has a purpose, that actually has things that she's interested in and actually has goals. I had to learn that. Wow. Wow. Most men gotta learn that though, because we gotta be honest. Uh when you going, you know, through your first relate first few relationships, most people ain't looking for no value. They're looking for a good looking person. Yeah, facts. That's it. So you just gotta learn from that. And then uh find the value that you really need. I think between probably like sixteen and about twenty three, twenty four, man, ain't nobody looking for no value. They're looking for who looked the best and who got the best sex. That's it. Plain yeah, after 25, 26, you, be, you should be married, uh, dating with intention, intention to get married, intention to build, whatever. So uh, don't get stuck in the, in the good looks, because most times the good looks ain't got no value. Man. They become a liability. 
And that's when you becoming that's when you get in these financial situations. <laughs> you still know your bread, man. That's a fact. I want to highlight um, and, you know, go back to some of these stats. Right. So it says. Within couples, women's earnings have increased steadily over the decades relative to their husbands. Right. And so in 1980, you had about 12 percent of women who out earned their men. Only 12 percent today. That is in two. No, not today. I'm sorry. But in 2017, that's up to about. Roughly 31 percent in 2017. Um, And I'm sure today that is a number that is continuing to increase. Right. And listen, I want to know from uh, the people here. We still haven't heard uh, hierarchy finance yet. We still haven't heard because I don't know if your mic is working. Let me know if your mic is working or not, because uh, definitely want to get your take on this. But we have women increasingly making more and more money and becoming head of households uh, in terms of the money that they're able to earn. What does that mean for men? Because we opened this discussion talking about the recalibration of what manhood looks like in 2024 and beyond. I personally believe that that is going to have a dramatic change. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't have the cure. But I do know that things will have to change as women become more and more ahead of households. Women become more and more educated. Women become more and more relied on when it comes to the productivity of what takes place in our global economy. These things are facts. Um, And I want to know, I want to know what does this mean for relationships moving forward uh, as men and men continue to be, uh, you know, overtaken um, from a financial standpoint by women. Um, If we can open it up with, we can open it up with uh, Tashandra, Keisha, whoever want to speak on this. Uh, Who else we got in here? Yeah. Let's talk about it. What do you think about that, Degas? Um, I think that we're we're in a different place. We're in a different place economically right now. So I think that men need to figure out a different way to make money. I mean, you know, back in the days, you could be you could just have regular skills and and, and build a household with the white picket fence and all of that. Now you gotta be you gotta be more intellectual, you gotta be more technological, you gotta have all of these different skills at a higher level to bring in that money because you know you'll be outcompeted on these lower levels and you're really not going to be able to bring in the money that you want so then we just got to look at the way that we are uh bringing money into the household a little bit differently and have um you know we got to mentor some of these youth and tell them you know exactly what's going to be expected of them as men because a lot of people wasn't doing that when i was a child they didn't tell me all of the different alternatives and the different things that I could be doing to make a better amount of money. Wow. That's real talk. That's real talk. Men have to mentor. We have to mentor. And a lot of men are sitting in their little silos, sitting in their little bait. It's nobody, it's nobody speaking to men really other than no. the red pill community. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, and they ain't giving the right information. And they ain't giving the right information. I'm just going to keep it a being. But we got hierarchy of finance in the building. Um, are we able to hear you speak to this com- to this conversation and topic? 
See, the mic is off mute. Yeah, the mic is might off mute. Having, might be having connection issues. Yeah, maybe having connection issues. Uh, Tashandra, Keisha, what's your thoughts? Okay, I'm sorry, so, guys. I'm at work. You go first. All right, let's go. Uh, Tashandra okay, Keisha, first. I'll go. Um, so what I was gonna say that inflation is playing a big role um, in what's going on right now. So because the cost of living has shot up so much, so tremendously, it it's you know it's taking more than just the basic to two income household to be able to really really make it these days like if you know if if you're speaking from like a married couple's perspective that's where the married couple is going to have to start doing some investing and making their money make money passively um and so when you start getting into that arena that's going to take some forethought that's going to take some planning that's going to take some saving and and some you know some money discipline um, a lot of times people don't know what their money blueprint is until they get into a marriage. You learn your money blueprint from your parents um, and you learn how to have uh, emotional intelligence around money from, you know, what you were exposed to as a child. So if you were in a household as a child and when there was no money in the household, the household was hostile. That's how you're going to act in your That's how you're going to show up in your marriage when there's no money in the household. But if you were still a positive person, even though there was no money in the household, because you knew that the money was coming and that it was on the way, then that's how you're going to show up. So a lot of times people don't even know what their money blueprint is until they get into a marriage. And a lot of times people don't even discuss finances before they get married to even Ooh. see what that person's spending habits are. Ooh. A lot of people have bad, you know, financial behaviors and they pick those bad financial behaviors up from their parents or whoever they were raised by. And that plays spouse? a crucial part when you get married. Why they pick up the bad habits from their spouse? Yeah. Uh, well, you have some you have some spouses that are spenders. You have some spouses that are savers. You have, you know, some people that, you know, like to invest their money and make their money, make money passively. Again, it, it, it just depends on how that was brought up and what their emotional, mental and spiritual relationship is around money. Money is a spirit just like anything else. It flows. And if, and if you don't know how to cultivate money and, and you know, grow, you not just make the money, but once you make the money, you want to invest it and grow the money, you know, and then be able to pass that down from one generation to the next. That I think that's the ultimate goal for everybody at this point. But again, if, if every time you don't have money in your pocket, you're angry or you're hostile or a bill comes in that you, you know, you can't afford or you don't know how to rearrange your finances or have multiple streams of income in order to be able to survive, then again, that's going to cause you stress. That's going to cause your spouse stress. You guys are going to start arguing instead of sitting down and communicating, hey, this is our finances. This is what we're spending our money on. These are not good financial behaviors that we have. How can we fix this? So real quick. I want to highlight something. Yeah, and I think we got hierarchy of finance back. What's going on? Hey, can y'all hear me? We can hear you yes, now. Yes, ma'am. What's up? Oh, What's up? God, I've been trying to say something for forever. Yeah. Well, you can let it out now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually wanted to, like, with the last woman just said, like, all of that plus, like, 
I think that people underestimate the power of investing. Like both parties can retire themselves in about approximately a decade, maybe 15 years tops if they learn how to invest and extension to managing their money, like through the form of a budget. Like I, I, I really think that people who still looking at it from a perspective of working and I think they, I believe they extended the retirement age, like 30 plus years now. Like if you're working 30 plus years to get your money right in, in regard to these personal assets and extension to, like I said, like if you're investing either in a real estate, stocks, a business, like it should be a money plan, like within i would say the first two to five years of this marriage or in a relationship where y'all need to separate like what is the money plan <laughs> well you know it's funny because we just put up an article by better help and it says that men um are increasingly facing more pressure to provide right and this pressure to provide is causing all kind of physical ailments to a lot of men today and and you know when you look at um, when you look at men's inability or, or lack of participation, not only uh, uh, in the dating market, but we're witnessing men uh, become less and less uh, competitive in the marketplace, right? So the stress, the physical symptoms associated with this financial stress, you got substance abuse, heart disease, weight loss, diabetes, muscle tension, insomnia, blood pressure, high blood pressure is issues, gastrointestinal issues. Uh, I, I say, I, I brought this, that, this um, I wanted to I'm bring sorry. this article up because Anthony O'Neill put something in the chat and he put in the chat that every man should be striving to make 100K plus, period. 100K right, and plus. I think all of that can be circumvented if they learn how to invest. I think a lot of people really hate learning so much. Like that is the way out, investing. You'll compound your interest over time by doing that'd be the faster way to get eliminate all of whatever this list that you just named. Like it's more of a mental issue because how how could you not see the power of investing? Tell me this. Tell me what what's your name? Hierarchy. I want to just get your name right. Hierarchy <laughs> Finance Bureau. But no, I'm, I'm talking about I'm, your real name. I'm saying. You call me hierarchy. Okay. All right. All right. We well, yeah. respect that. Why, why y'all feel more, more more men don't invest? Because I'm talking about learning how to invest on their own. Not through a 401k, not trying to scrape up some money to hire a financial advisor. I mean, actually learning how to do it yourself. If you learn how to do it yourself, then you'll be able to not only retire yourself, but the whole family and, and really put a dent in this generational wealth being built. Because that's the only way, you know, a lot of men can really make over six figures because most jobs that they're applying for is not paying six figures. We just got to keep it real. So we got to learn some new skills. We got to learn how to invest. We got to learn those type of things as men to actually provide for the people that, that, we, that, care, that we care for. But, um, I mean, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, because, like, mathematically if we just uh drew out a scenario in regards to how long it's taking men to pivot and actually go from a five-figure income to a six-figure like i'm I, like seriously being honest that's how i know that 
they don't understand the power of investing because it really shouldn't take longer than approximately two to five years to break into a new figure. If you're doing everything that's required for you to do to be able to compound that interest, hypergenerate your income. Yeah, that's like what I was going back to earlier about, you know, financial discipline, developing financial behaviors. Again, you know, depending on the type of household that you were brought up in, some people just believe in working and spending money, working and spending money. But again, you have to learn the art of being able to make your money work for you. Like I didn't I didn't come up in a household that taught about finances. Yes, my mother still is, you know, doing accounting work. You know, she's always done bookkeeping and accounting work. So she taught me how to count. That wasn't the problem. She didn't teach me how money worked. A lot of times people don't have a, a good understanding of the monetary system and how that system actually works to your benefit and not to your detriment. And so, of course, you know, when you when you work here in the U.S. and you pay uh, income taxes, you know, a lot of times people get this big lump sum of money around income tax time. That's a perfect time to take that money and invest. I mean, heck, go buy some vending machines. You know, but vending machines are very passive. I started a vending machine business with my children when they were 13 years old. I put them on my credit cards as authorized users. I started custodial IRA accounts for them. I did all of this and I'm not even married, never been married. But I learned because I knew that there had to be a way that I could compound my money and make the money work for me to where I wouldn't have to be a, a trader, basically trading my time for money. I knew that at the gate that I, I looked at my family members and I'm like, wow, all of my family members have sat here. They work. They bought houses. They raised their kids. And now that they're older, the system that they have put money into only gives them a third of that money back. That math ain't mathing for me. That, I think that, that math goes is back. not mathing for me. So what you're saying is, I think that goes back to what we said earlier about the education piece. Most men are not seeking further education. And that's what's setting us back when it comes to learning new skills, learning how to, learning these trades, learning uh, technology. Like, we don't seek further education. We're comfortable where we're at. Yep. So with that, you know, financial stress is causing a big effect on relationships. So we're going to transition real quick. Although, although financial stress can cause a series of physical, mental symptoms, it can also affect relationships. These include connections one may have with family, friends, partners, and coworkers. Some of the most notable possible relationships effects include arguments. Financial stress can lead to more arguments with loved ones and partners. Spending less time with loved ones. Pressure to provide. So that's a lot of different stresses that can cause by not bringing in income. Let's go back to, you know, back to the arguments. Due to the stress of pressure that can that you're experiencing, you may find yourself in irritable, which may cause you to lash out with your partner. I'm sure a lot, which also probably going to lead to domestic violence. Because you've got to realize when, when you can't provide these bills coming up, of course, your girl going to have a smart mouth and say, you know, what you, what you got going on, you can't pay these bills. She raised her voice. The man get mad. He might hit Oh, can I ask a question? I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question. So, okay, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, all right, I feel like I just wouldn't do a 50-50 with a guy, especially feeling like I'm more valuable when it comes to understanding money, how to manage, how to invest it. So if his objective out of a 
three out of three, or I'm sorry, a one out of three, if I'm holding a two, I know how to manage it. I know how to invest it possibly better than him. Then his goal would be to generate it. Then I feel like. But at the same time, he got to be okay with you managing the money. A lot of men got an ego. And that's like, what I'm I got saying. It. So this is what I'm saying. So if, and, and this is what I, I, I feel like sometimes with men not wanting to listen to the woman, even though she can have a better plan. It's just like, can you put your pride to the side, please? Because I have the better plan. I study this stuff. I created budgets around this stuff, learning tools around this stuff to help people. So it's like, I'm not going to go back and forth with the man about something that I feel like, listen, I'm a better leader in this sector. So if I see fit for you to just go out earn the money and then I manage it and invest it so we can hyper generate the revenue, then follow that plan. It's, it's about learning how to work together to see whose plan is best so you know, that we can pivot. That speak, I agree with you. <laughs> that speaks to, you know, what a new version of masculinity is that's going to look like in 2024. Man, because man. I feel like most men also look at women like, all you do is shop while you like, listen, I don't care about shopping. I'm trying to hyper-generate this revenue so we can secure as many assets as possible so I can retire early. I don't have time for none of that stuff. So I'm just looking at it like, sometimes men just place this stigma on women, like all of us do the same thing, like, well, you need to learn how to vet the difference between one versus the other one because all that is weird. Like, you cannot just assume that everybody spend money. And the fact that a person even think that it's about spending or saving, like, no, the objective is to generate capital. And the money that you generate or capital that you then generate, that is considered investment capital. We are considered investors. And the right. physical market is considered a, a, a place where you invest in this very range of short and long-term investments that in which you feel is best suited for the life that you desire to live. And I don't, I don't think people understand that that's the extent of how to really understand the financial market in general. We are considered investors. Um, I want to say something. This is Ruby. This is Ruby real quick. Hey, y'all. Uh... You know, I just feel like not every woman is also equipped to multiply that money. And that's the problem is uh, I think we're dating wrong. Right. In the dating area, we're not asking the right questions about what what person's good at what we're dating for the outing. We're not dating to find out how does this person manage their money? We're not looking at how this person manages a, a crisis when funds are low. How are they managing a budget? All these things matter. So I, I get where you're coming from, that men also have to have their ego take a back seat. But also as women, we also need to make sure that we're still being feminine, even if it is our turn to be in lead. And often sometimes women lose respect for women, for men in that. He might be struggling in this season and now it's your turn to pivot and be the person who's multiplying the income. But if you don't respect that man, right, it can end up being a, a power struggle. So I just wanted to just toss that in there real Ooh, quick. Oh my God. My well, God. yeah, and then that's why I say like in regards to that, like even with what y'all was saying earlier about retiring a woman and, and pretty much making it optional. Like I don't have kids and I would prefer to work at home. 
but my strongest skill set is in budget, finance, investing. I would never argue with a man about that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I will completely take the lead on that. And then inside, theoretically train him to become a stronger leader over me. I would prefer for him to lead. But if he cannot lead over what it is that I'm doing, he's going to have to take the back seat and do the task in his field. That's it. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. And here, this is where I disagree with a lot of men feeling like they have to be in leadership. Listen, I grew up in a household and I say this all the time. I grew up in a household with a mom that was the leader of the household. And people be like, yo, you sure she was the leader? You sure, you sure your, your dad wasn't really the leader, but she just kind of led him. No, 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 fuck that. Like, no, she led the household when it came to the finances, when it came to my dad worked, right? He worked, but when it came down to what we spent our money on, when it came down to how we moved as a family, my mom was 100%, not, not, not 99. She was 100% the leader on most things finance, most things uh, household decisions, right? And she did it successfully well in comparison to what I believe my dad would have done. Now, my dad was an excellent father. That does not diminish him, right? That doesn't diminish my dad. My dad was a provider. He always provided right? He was a good father to us. He was not just a provider from a financial standpoint, but he was a provider in terms of taking care of us, being there for us, taking us out, doing different things. He did those things. And my thing is this, you know, because I grew up around so many powerful women, I have a different level of respect for female leadership in a lot of ways. And I don't take issue with women taking the lead on a lot of, I don't take issue with that at all. And I believe as these numbers be, be begin and continue to grow in the direction that they're headed, men are going to have to redefine what leadership looks like, what household power dynamics look like. All of these things are going to have to shift in order for us to continue to do relationships successfully in 2024 and beyond. I don't say that I had an answer, but I do know that these things will have to change because the data is changing. Women's ability to earn is changing. Women's intelligence and, and, and productivity is changing. All of these things are changing. And we can't just sit here and hold men to a same standard, right? When the stats are speaking to different things, we can't hold men or women to the same standards when the achievement gaps are different. All of the things are different. So I want to know, you know, what's y'all thoughts on that? Hierarchy or whoever, you know, bam, we got bam, bam to Sandra, uh, the God. What's y'all thoughts on that? Well, for me, I feel like there's always been pressure, more pressure on women to level up and, be bosses and do this and do that, you know, societal pressures rather than, you know, men. Like if a man decides to just not do anything or just, you know, chill out or, you know, kind of be, I guess, a bum or whatnot, nobody's going to really say anything. But if you're a woman and you're not doing something with yourself, you're not being productive, 
nine times out of ten, your family and friends, they gonna they gonna get you all the way together and be like, okay, what's really going on? Like, why you're not in school, why you're not working, mm -hmm. you know, why you're not doing this, that, and the other, and you don't even have to have children. You can just be a single woman, you know, a single young woman. I'm just talking about like from a cultural and societal um, perspective, like it's, and I'm speaking from a woman's perspective as well. Like if you're not doing something with yourself, like somebody's going to say something to you. And so because of that, I feel like women, you know, because women have always the, the pressure, the societal pressure is always more on the woman. We always feel like we have to do more, you know, but we're also realizing that we can fall back too. You know, we're, we're realizing that we have a choice that we don't necessarily have to get right. married. We don't necessarily have to have children. And whether you decide to have a family or you decide not to have a nobody should be bashed for their choices i don't like yeah don't and, like and, then, and then and then i want to add i'm mm -hmm. sorry yeah all your choice is your say, choice you know you you then, know what's best for you as an individual you know if right. you're capable of being a wife you know if you're capable of being a mother and if you're not capable of being a wife and a mother then marriage you know that that may not be something that's in the cards for you but then again, you know, women are groomed from a young age to be a wife and a, and a mother. We think that that's what we that we're only valued in that capacity. Now we're realizing that we're we can be valued in other capacities besides being a wife and a mother that we can actually have an actual life. We can actually mean something to the community. We can actually mean something to other young women that need to be mentored or, or helped or whatnot out here. So again, women are discovering their creativity. They're discovering that they can run corporations and it's nothing wrong with that. It's really not that. I mean, that's what you're put on this earthly realm to do is discover who you are and evolve as a spiritual being. But and all I this just, bashing that's going around, like that, that needs to stop. Like we, we need to stop that. And I just want to add in and say, like, um, from my perspective, I think that is three tiers of operating. I kind of want to clean up a little bit what I was saying earlier. That I feel like I prefer to work behind the scenes. I'm a like I'm a geek and nerd in real life. Like I like studying numbers. I love math. But anywho, like I feel like my family structure whenever i decide to have one i prefer to remain cfo of the family coo and the dude my husband for him to be ceo like you take all that you handle that and then let me handle the cfo coo role and i'm cool with that like i don't have a problem with him taking the lead i don't have a problem with being feminine sitting in the back doing what i need to do because i've already been building up my skill set in those sectors i feel like i'm stronger suited to lead in those sectors behind the scene though like you go ahead and you could be on the front line do all the one two as a dude and let me go ahead and, and do front of go you know what i mean behind the scenes because that's my field i'd rather be behind the scenes anyways like but if i need to come to the front line with him i will but this is this is what learning from each other is going to do build stronger leaders within each other so we can be fully aligned with our purpose with the mission of how to carry our family and extension to serving other people out in the world harky do you believe that most men today are capable of allowing a woman to lead 
today? No, because of what I just said and what I what I understand just communicating with the opposite sex that um I hate to say it like that, but it's like I, I come off as very intimidating for them. And it's just like I've had a guy actually tell me before, like asking me if I was in a relationship because um, I'm too smart and guys don't like that. Like, what are you talking about? That's mm, might be the wrong fella. Exactly. The thing, and, and this is why I don't engage in a date in, in relationship field. I mean, I literally got dreads in my hair. I've been growing out for six years. I'm almost going to have to wait till they grow down from the the tallest tower in the universe like responsible before my husband comes save me like it's over with because this is what i have to deal with if i engage with somebody through conversation i'll be like oh after three seconds it's a wrap for you because your your brain not there where i needed to be at so we know you not no uh leader not as far as my perception go what you talking about like nope because men want to be in control a lot sometimes instead of actually listening to a woman. They disregard women's opinions sometimes when they should learn how to incorporate them to see how they will work best together to, for them to accomplish great things in life. So I, I want to jump in right here. Um, I kind of I kind of disagree as far as I do believe that there are men that can listen, but I do believe the issue that we're really having is people not really vetting the partner that they're they're being with. Stop marrying people that you don't respect that man's vision. You can't get under the, the mission of that vision, right? And, and when it is time to step into that, you're not throwing in that person's face. I always think sometimes as women, we don't see that even if we are in lead, the way in which we address that man and being respectful is also key in it not being a power struggle. We can... Some men can do a back burner, but they also want, don't want to hear like, well, I'm the one carrying the weight. I'm the one carrying the bills. So as women, we have to watch our language in the way in that we're speaking when we do have an opportunity to be in that leadership role, because at the end of the day, it's interdependence, right? It's all about what, what am I good at and what are you good at? And we need to look at that aspect of it. But as, as women, right, if you choose to be single for a little bit and then start dating, you have to look at yourself and say, am I being independent? Right. Am I really following this person's lead? And are you exploring if, if you really affirm that man's leadership? A lot of women are marrying men for financial gain, not that they're really for his vision. You want him to change. You want him, you want to fix his vision. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with this level of income. So you as women, we have to be decisive in saying, you know what? This is not a person that I can see myself growing with. This is not somebody I want to multi multiply with because women, we are incubators, right? Whatever a man gives us, we, we, we multiply that. But I'm going to be honest with you. Not all women are multipliers. There's a lot of women that are more for the bag and not necessarily the full financial stability of building generational wealth. And that might require that man not to be home every day. That might require that man to be out at work and not be on date night with you. So you got to have other things going on in your life. So I just want to balance the conversation. It was great, y'all. Um, Back to you, Byron and O'Neill. Love it. I love it, man. Make sure if you're enjoying the content, make sure you hit the like button, man. We'll be struggling with the likes, man. Get it at least to 60. But to close out the show, man, solutions for the financial struggles, the financial situations people usually be in. Uh, 
dealing with financial stress. Here are some tips handling financial stress in a healthy way. Tracking your spending. You can start this today. Track your spending. By tracking your spending, you can see the bigger picture regarding your income and expenses. Tracking your expenses can show you exactly where your money is going, and you can allow you can allow it to start con- taking control of your responsibility. Create a budget. I want to yeah, I want to jump in to add to that right there before uh, you move to the next one. But it's uh, you the apps that you could use to do that. You have YNAB, right? Which is Y N A B. You have Good Budget. You have Every Dollar. You have Rocket Money. Uh, Rocket Money is is the one that I actually use. The old mint. Right now, yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, well, it's a different app. Oh, it's with yeah. yeah. But uh, Simplify by Quicken. Uh, you have Empower. You have Monarch Monarch Money. Uh, and maybe we could uh, send these out to everybody um, in an email blast as as well. You have Pocket Guard. You have Honey Do, uh, and you have Busy Kid. I actually use Too Rocket options. Money. Too many yeah, options where options. you can't pick one. Absolutely. The goal is to pick one and actually use it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, if y'all want this, man, put a one in the chat. If y'all want this, we can put it together and send it to y'all. All right. The next one is creating a budget. After tracking your spending, you can then create a budget. A budget can help you take complete control of your expenses and allow you to be more thoughtful of your money. There are many free apps and programs you can try out. See which one works best for you. You got some some budgets they can use? Nah, that's that, I just gave them the game. Oh, so that 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 app, the app she was talking about, that's tracking for spending and budget. So, all right. So the last one is identify financial stressors. Being able to identify financial stressors can help you get to the root of the problem. These financial stressors could be bills, debts, or other expenses. In short term, identifying the stressors can be challenging, but if they can pay off with you being more in a, in a more strategic financial decision long term, make sure you check it out. All right, so that's some things y'all can check out. Again, if y'all want that, put a one in the chat. We can send that to y'all. Uh, man, this is a phenomenal show. I hope y'all uh, found value. Hope we can get these men in the right direction. You know, these guys have got to make some more money. They got to get some trades. They got to get better jobs. They got to go out there and start communicating with more people so we can uh, make some more kids, man, and have some more sex, have, have some more marriages, some healthy marriages, and, and do all that. So, um, look, man, make sure y'all join. The family, man. Next to the subscribe button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. If not, if you did subscribe, join the family. They got three different tiers you can join. They got Visionary Legacy or Trailblazer. Whichever one makes sense for you, make sure you check it out. You get discounts on merch. You get discounts on events. And we got other exclusive content coming. Make sure y'all join that. And with that being said, man, if y'all enjoyed the show, hit the like button, subscribe button. We appreciate y'all. A lot of value is given. Hope y'all learned something. And we see y'all on next Tuesday. Peace. What's up, y'all? So most people struggle with sales. A lot of us in real estate, and we struggle with our sales. We struggle with follow-up. We struggle with leads. And we're just basically missing out on deals. For me, I just got on Taskify CRM. They send messages out for you. And look, a lot of us have work. When you get off of work, you have hot leads ready for you. Make sure you check out Taskify CRM. I'm telling you, it automatically replies for you. And look. It sends you multiple messages, like we're talking about drip, drip campaigns, so you're not missing up on the lead follow-up. So make sure you check out Taskify CRM. Use coupon code NoStingyEnergy to get 10% off. I'm about to show you all inside my CRM so I can see how it really works. Make sure you check it out. Peace.